Welcome to another edition of Mass Mats and Ma'am. I'm your host, the Outlaw LA Red. You can find me on Twitter at Justin Harvey75. You can find the entire show across all social media at MMM Show75. And we finally we're finally here. We're finally going to discuss um the end of Lucha Underground? Question mark. Hmm. 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 Mysteries afoot. The mystery? I don't think it's a mystery. I don't think it's a mystery. You guys want to start right there? Uh, hey, well, well. You want me to come in that hot? Introduce yourself first. Okay, uh, this is Casey, uh, at Lucha Gringo. Rest in peace, Ombre Bala. Didn't see you much as Ombre Bala, but I loved you as Monster in AAA. So rest in peace, buddy. Byron, you're going to say something? Does your setup even work? Byron shit doesn't even work, does it? Yes! I see his mouth moving, but I don't hear any This is voice. the best. I love it when Byron comes on and he doesn't work, and he's going to have to reset for like the next 20, 30 minutes. Oh, my see, God. Can you can you show Byron's picture while I talk, and I'll just dub his voice in? This is the best. Go for it. <laughs> right, right now he's saying, penis is delicious. Hey, anyway, so I fixed it. Oh, oh shit. Boo. <laughs> Who earns? Who earns? Help everyone out right there. At Byron Fever, um, I'm sitting in a reclining chair. <laughs> I think Great. Our, Great. I think our I think our chat's a little can uh, little uh, concerned right now. Yeah. Why? Uh, why would they be concerned? Um, they, they think there's a spooky ghost among us. Do we need to address? Oh, we'll get to that. Thing? We'll get to that. I'm applying nice. for a job. So, anyway, um, I really wanted to watch the Ray Phoenix match, the King Phoenix match with the caveman last night or the night before. Um, that would have been cool. And I then uh, the one where Phoenix injured his groin and he's out for the rest of the year? Yeah, they kept trading, like doing splashes to the fucking concrete outside. Uh, wow. Oh, Hey, we should introduce uh, our other colleague here, Jimmy V., um, who's going to be starting another segment later tonight, a brand new segment here in the MMM show called I Wish I Was Jimmy V slash I Wish I Was Jimmy V's Penis. No, we do that segment every week. But oh, I, we have been doing that show every week, but this week Jim gets to do it himself. <laughs> Wait, how can he wish he's his own penis? I, yeah, that's a good point. How do I Man, do that? you haven't seen the kind of trouble his penis gets into. Even Jim wishes he was his own penis. It's that good. <laughs> Good no, what's up? Introduce yourself. Tell people where they can find you. Uh, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Jimmy V. Uh, no Venmo availability as of yet. Uh, no. Work on that. But yeah, go ahead and add me because a lot of people have been doing that this past week. Yeah, they have, I believe. And you have a good reason for that. We're going to talk about that very, very soon. Are you going to be around for a while, Jim? How, what's your timeline like? Uh, give me like an hour and a half or so. All so, right. So I will definitely let you get to your, your, so you sh know, get your shit in. About a third of the way through the show. All right. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a tenth of the way into the show. Um, and the uh, the island of Dr. Meef. What, what is going on over there, Dr. Moreau? Well, I'm just making sure my audition tapes in for LU season five. <laughs> I, I, I hope you have. Uh, yeah. Oh, you're going to be one I of the guys. You you're going to be the limo guy number five, and it's going to be amazing, Meef. Oh, I love it. They're going to come up with whatever's more powerful than a god, and then Meef will be that. Yeah, they'll be like, he he's so white that he gets to be like uh, 
the god of gods apparently uh this is that you could be like triple h the king of kings you can be the god of gods and uh yeah let's do it uh, but the problem is Meef has to do every podcast in this mm. gimmick now until they announce season five so good luck with that shit bro yeah. hope he's stocked up on the white paint Meef's uh medallion on the gift yeah, of the gods belt is just going to be the entire belt <laughs> so how do we know this isn't Meef's natural state i'm gonna just didn't put make a bond I feel oh, kind of like how in 89 Batman, like people thought Joker was taking his makeup off when he was really putting more skin tone makeup over his face. Exactly. Yeah. And like that one time where he did, he did the makeup over the makeup to trick people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they did the Just color like changing. That. They did the fucking color changing Joker toy and they made yeah. the skin tone face the regular face. <clears throat> so you had to put cold water on him to give him the Joker makeup. That was fucking bullshit. Do it the other way around. What the fuck? Do you remember that one? Do you remember that one part in the beginning? They're in that factory and it's blown up, and the henchmen are running around. This guy's running down like a hallway thing, and Batman just raises his fist like this and backhands the dude in the face. That was awesome, dude. My favorite part is how um, the you know the crooked cop that's in that scene is Porkins yeah. from fucking Star Wars. I know the guy that's like you're full of shit, Knox, and you can <laughs> quote me on that. <laughs> It's so funny, the, that opposite, the opposite was true. Dude, it's going to be so great when we like make this an 89 Batman podcast because Lucha Underground's oh. dead. Ooh. I wish I had my notes. I didn't have enough in my luggage room to bring them all for 89 Batman podcast. Oh, dude, they're, they're all in my head. I practically have that movie memorized. I had to do a scene-by-scene -scene breakdown in grad yeah. school. And uh, yeah, I, I know that movie like the back of my fucking hands. Batman uses guns and blows up a factory full of people. That's not Batman. I'm sorry. I love you, Michael Keaton. Don't, don't, don't be sad. Hey, do you remember the Batmobile? Yeah, dude, it was dope. I love it. I, I would still probably rather have the '60s Batmobile, like if I had to own yeah. a Batmobile. But, Welcome uh, to our TED Talk. It's about DC. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I wanted to see how long we could go. You guys are really gonna piss the Marvel guy off here. I just want you to know. <laughs> Hulk is going to smash here in a second. Hey, hey, Jim, how come everyone's adding you on Twitter? All right. We're now? just going to let Jim start. Go ahead, Jim. Go ahead All and start. Right. And then I'll talk about the demise of Lucha Underground. <laughs> yeah, it's the Jim Velasco sex raffle. If you follow him on Twitter, he this might is a have segment. You. This is the segment I like to call I'd rather be Jim Velasco's penis. <laughs> He's gonna run I, don't, out I don't know where the penis on. comes in on this, but anyway. <laughs> it doesn't really come in on this one, but not, in general speaking. I mean, it, it, was, a lot of things it was still this. with you, Jim. It's it was like with you. Yeah, it's not like it's attached. Yeah. It doesn't have to be Maybe sexual. It was with you. It was there. <laughs> I mean... Are we going to sell where, May the Penis Be With You shirts Is the next MMM show shirt? Is that what's going to happen? No, that was already the Jim. First of all, that was a Jim Skay shirt. Second of all, let him tell the story. Okay. <laughs> tell the story, Jim. <laughs> all right. As Jimmy Meef adjusts his wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> all right. No, Beef, before we go, Beef, you need to get that point off the top of your head right now. <laughs> <laughs> or you're really going to get a job on Lucha Underground. Jesus. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, anyway. Uh, that looks like Princess Leia. <laughs> Help me, help you watch. Help me. Anyway, um, all right. So a few months back, uh, as, the sexier version. 
as uh, some people may have noticed, if you're an NXT fan, uh, Johnny Organo since uh, Takeover in New Orleans has been basically sporting Marvel gear uh, for his entrance gear uh, almost every Takeover now. Since then, uh, copyright so- infringement, maybe. Technically, it falls under uh, parody because he's not actually saying it's that character. It's just in the oh, style of that character. Well, WWE know. made um, Rey Mysterio Rey Mysterio's stuff. Done it. stuff. Yep. Uh, so basically, I just randomly hit him up on Twitter. Like, hey, man, I love how you're wearing Marvel gear. If you're ever in the LA area and want to take a tour of the studio, let me know. And he hit me up right away, surprisingly. You know, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. First of all, I'm in the LA area. I'd love to take a t- never mind go ahead you never really get to go out that much though that's true and you're never really in the la area yeah that's yeah, also yeah. very very true i am today but yeah one but day only i recognize the curtain justin i recognize the curtain that is that, that is could have my- been packed in his luggage you never know <laughs> oh that's um, true just brings the curtain oh wow this leftover <laughs> stuffing by the way is phenomenal oh uh, so uh, so basically um Oh, yeah, I gave him, you know, the offer to come to the studio, and um, turns out that the next time that they were going to be in town was for uh, NXT Takeover, Los Angeles, uh, War Games specifically. So um, he he and Candice were able to make uh, arrangements, travel arrangements, to stop by the studio uh, after Takeover. Wait, so, wait, you didn't even just get the homie from Cleveland? You got his girl too? Riverside's own Candice LeRae. Uh, I mean, I didn't speak to her. Johnny was doing a lot of the talking to and for her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but oh. basically, you know, he I offered him, uh, you know, a tour of the studio, and not only that, uh, through work, I actually managed to get a tour of uh, Walt Disney's original office, which is not uh, normally even accessible, but through specific work channels and through pure luck. Wait, have you even seen that before? I have. Oh, okay. So under normal circumstances, if you're an employee, you have to fill out uh, a lottery entry to get to be able to get a chance to go to the the his office. And, and probably you, probably like a lot of forms and a background check, so you're not like jerking off in there or something, right? Like you never know. So do you yeah. go through the underground tunnel, past the cryo freeze chamber, and then up into the office? Is that how you, it works? You kid, but there is an underground underground tunnel between two of the buildings on the Disney lot. <laughs> Uh, see, see, um, Illuminati shit, Illuminati. Yeah. Where, um, where's Cross when we need him? Our... Um, so basically, I, uh, what do you think I asked? Cross is the one who told me that, dude. <laughs> so basically, uh, instead of a chance of just getting myself in, I was able to get me plus three other people. So that just lucked out. And I, when I told Johnny that, he told me Candace was ridiculously excited because for those of you who don't know, Candace LeRae is a huge Disney fan, so much so that she bills herself from Anaheim, California. Uh, the name of her finishing move previously was Miss LeRae's Wild Ride. So huge Disney fan. And uh, yeah, because of that, Johnny was so graciously uh, kind enough to offer us, uh, my friends and I, uh, backstage at uh, TakeOver War Games. So it was a really cool experience. Um, a friend of the show, Mr. Uh, Adam Davis and his wife, Minerva. Uh, good good dude. Show. Yeah. And um, yeah, so we were, after the show ended, which was a f- phenomenal show, uh, we got to go backstage at TakeOver. And it was probably one of the most ridiculously awesome things I've ever done in my life, simply because 
you watch WWE 24 and all these other documentaries on DVDs and whatnot, and you have an idea of what backstage is like, but then you get there and you're just like, holy shit, everyone's just around and it looks like everything is just run so efficiently. Within the first second of walking through the curtain, uh, and we didn't go through Gorilla, by the way. This we were led to the side of the uh, of the entranceway, kind of like where uh, all the production people go through. Within the first second of walking through the curtain, uh, Shawn Michaels just walks by us and like gives a little nod, and oh. I look at I look at Adam and I just like give him the wide eyes, like holy shit, that was just Shawn Michaels. And, and that's um, that's why we included your penis in this because at this point you're full mask. Come on, just uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Sean Michaels, dude. Oh, so awesome. I know, and as, it's funny because as and as we continue, we're being led by a production assistant, and as we're walking through, uh, it's like the main faces of the main event of war games are just walking by us. It's like, I guess they just finished up in gorilla after the main event ended and the show ended and they're just walking back to the locker room with their gear. So we passed by like Pete Dunn. He's carrying the UK championship. We passed by war Raiders and we happened to walk by right where gorilla lets out backstage. And as we do, uh, all four members of the undisputed era were filming a segment for what looks like it's going to be for, um, uh, like a WWE.com exclusive or something, or they're basically like limping and carrying themselves and talking about like, they're going to get, get going to get those guys back and they're all being filmed and it's all happening so quickly that we see them and then we see the camera and we know to walk around the back of the camera. So we're not like in between the footage. Oh man. So what you're saying is that sellout Prince Puma uh, dodged you backstage. <laughs> I mean, it's a possibility. Oh! He could have went through before us. But it's not like Jim him. was wearing his his Lucha Underground gear backstage. That is though, true. Uh, though I'm sure Jim was very memorable to Ricochet from all those times that he dove over the top rope and almost landed in Jim's lap during season two. That yeah. Was, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I was right in the front row, so I did ask for it. Um, yeah. And as we were back there, uh, we get led to um, we get led to the back and. Uh, Candace is there with her family because, you know, they're all local pretty much. And then uh, Johnny comes up from the uh, trainer's room and just like, you know, we're chatting and he's like, yeah, I'm just going to grab whoever's walking by. And like everyone, pretty much the majority of the NXT uh, locker room walked by us at some point or another. So, uh, and Johnny. what was he saying? Was he like, this is my boy, Big Dick Jim from Marvel? <laughs> no, he, he just basically said, oh, these are my, he basically said, oh, these are my buddies from Marvel. And he would, Especially, and I thought this was really cool of him, he really pointed out to uh, the majority of them, since the majority of that NXT locker room now is uh, basically PWG alumni, he would be like, oh yeah, this is Jim. He still goes to PWG because I was there for a lot of the shows that those guys wrestled at. Uh, so I got to talk, uh, probably out of more than anyone, I probably I got to talk extensively with uh, Chris Hero, uh, a.k.a. Oh, Cash yeah. Sono, uh, yeah. talk to him about his match with Liger, and we were talking about the one battle of Los Angeles and it was the, they always do that crazy 10 man tag match uh, yeah. on night threes. And we were talking about I'm like, yeah, that same weekend you fought Liger. And then all of a sudden uh, there's a chain of guys with thumbs up their asses. Led by Liger, <laughs> which is a match you can find on YouTube still that segment. Um, just Google Liger PWG funny. And it's the first thing that comes up, but he was telling me, he's like, yeah, when you look back at that match, Almost all of those guys now are in 
NXT. You have guys like Pete Dunn, uh, Matt Riddle, um, him, obviously. Uh, and there are other guys who back then they weren't as big as they, they were big for us, but now they're even bigger. Like guys like, uh, like a Jeff Cobb and well, obviously now cashes is back in NXT. So it was just and Champa. So it's just weird to see how many of those guys that we used to see at PWG all the time. I was talking to them backstage. I like not only Chris hero, but uh, Champa himself. I hate to break kayfabe, but a uh, super nice guy along with uh, uh, Alistair black. Um, yeah. He talked pretty extensively and just to see how those guys, uh, Johnny and Alistair, especially interacting after the great match that they had was pretty cool. Um, and at one point, uh, you know, basically everyone just walked by. So I, I and I, I respect everyone. So I don't speak unless spoken to kind of thing. Uh, so guys like Keith Lee and Nikki cross and uh, TM six or sorry, the mighty, they all walked by us and it was super cool. But then at one point we just hear someone yelling that eh, boss man's coming. And apparently everyone is about to gather for a meeting, a post show meeting. And as we're there talking to Johnny, all of a sudden surrounded by a bunch of other suits is triple H. Oh, see, you let me down. I thought it was going to be the zombie of Ray trailer since boss. Man was coming. <laughs> I mean, that's true. Um, <laughs> So as he's walking by, uh, Adam gives him a nod and he gives him a nod back. And as he's walking by us, he just pats Johnny on the chest, basically like good show, man. And yeah, it was pretty surreal just to be back there for all of it. We didn't even really move around a lot. We were like in the just same general area. We were basically standing where uh, like off to the side of where they shoot the interview backstage interviews. And well, it's uh, like all the action came to you. Why move? Shit. Yeah, exactly. You got a good Every, spot. Post and, up. And it's just funny. You see everyone just... Uh, <laughs> You know, every you normally see everyone in their gear, or when you go to like other indie shows, they're really dressed down. But with this being WWE, you see like, for example, a Nikki Cross who has like stringy hair and she's got this crazy uh, vest and pants to fit her character. But then you see her backstage; she's got the makeup on, she's got a skirt on, and then you see, you know, uh, Keith Lee wearing with his ginormous shoulders wearing this giant huge suit, but then he's still got like a uh, a porg hat on. Um, yeah, so he still represents fully geek mode. So, uh, but yeah, it was just really cool. And then, uh, when everything was done and over with, like they had to go to their meeting. So we actually left the same time around Cam with Candace's family. And as we were getting led to the elevators to bring us back up to the main levels, X-Pac just walks by us with his dog and oh, yeah. that hideous, hideous dog. Oh. <laughs> Did yeah. you give him X-Pac heat? Did you? No, nah, I couldn't. Him? I couldn't. <laughs> Yeah, I have no heat with Xbox. So. Xbox thing, Xbox heat wasn't ever really a real thing. He always still got real pops. I don't, I don't even know where the term yeah. Xbox heat came from. I I've think always... it was more of a backstage thing than an <laughs> upfront in with the fans things. But every, all the smarks just decided to use it. Um, yeah. yeah, he's always been one of my favorites, man. One, two, three, kid was yeah. the shit, and yeah. Lightning Kid was one of the only reasons to watch the Global Wrestling Federation. True. Yeah, and actually, I was at PWG once, and I saw him like peeking through the curtain during intermission. So I'm like, hey, Pac, can I just grab a picture? He's like, yeah, man. So like, I got a selfie with X-Pac. Oh, so he, that's that's awesome. Yeah, so you he's totally have to pay cool. $10 for it? Nope. Oh, that's really cool. I mean, that was a PWG, so I think... for anybody. I think he also just wanted to be incognito, so he's kind of like still kind of behind the curtain, but still like getting in the... in the like in the camera shot. Um, but yeah, it was super cool. And, um, you know, thanks to Johnny and Candace, I don't know if they ever watch this, but... 
Thank you guys again for that. Um, that was Saturday, and then Tuesday is when they came to the lot. And so the first thing we did is I brought them to Walt's office. And this, so Johnny told me when we were backstage at Takeover that uh, he's like, "Yeah, Candace said she's probably going to cry." And when she went to Walt's office, so Candace shows up with. If you look at the pictures on my Twitter and Instagram, she's wearing a Walt Disney shirt, not a Walt Disney studios or company it's a face of walt disney on her shirt um that's awesome so johnny's like yeah she's probably gonna cry but he's saying it half jokingly but when we got up there and and like we're in the office she actually legit started crying which to me was awesome because that means she really loved it and i loved the fact that i was able to do that for them and our tour guide was asking all these questions like about trivia with about walt and everything uh for example um Walt has uh, pianos in his office, and the Sherman Brothers, who are famous uh, music writers for Disney, like Mary Poppins and uh, pretty much any major Disney film you can remember that's a musical they wrote for. And the tr- the the tour guide asked us, like, oh, yeah, sh- uh, whenever the Sherman Brothers came, Walt would be like, play the song, and they automatically knew what song it was. Now, me being a Disney file myself, I look at Adam, and I'm like, feed the birds, which is a song from... Mary Poppins and the tour guide was like oh did both of you know it like basically looking at me and Candace and I'm just and we're both just like feed the birds she's like oh yeah you guys know so Candace basically answered every trivia question that our tour guide had um and so they they really enjoyed the studio tour and then I brought the or the office tour and then I brought them to our our floor and gave them a tour of Marvel and uh some of the other wrestling fans on the floor came out and uh, yeah, they had a great time. And if you look on Johnny and Candace's Twitter, they posted about it. And especially Johnny, he tagged me in his tweet and in his Instagram post. So basically since then I've been getting uh, notifications and ads since uh, last Tuesday. And so do you, you have the most followers out of all of us now then, right? Oh no, still not. I'm not, I haven't even, I don't even think of, Broken 500 yet because that's how yeah. low I am. Why are you people not following Jim? This is like the time that me, Byron, right. and Jim were outside of Lucha Underground and somebody <laughs> asked to take a picture with me and Byron and to make Jim take it. Like, do you guys not recognize the power of the Jimmy V? It says the Jimmy V. It's not yeah. just Jimmy V. It's, it's the not, Jimmy yeah. V. It's not is, a Jimmy V. It's the Jimmy V. Also, no, just just, know. no disrespect to Jim Valvano. I know he is the original. Jimmy yeah, G. but, but you right are, now uh, I am. The is, he, is he? Is, is he? Does he predate handsome Jimmy Valiant? Because I don't know if he does. And does he know how to use Twitter? Because if not, you should be following this the Jimmy V. Guy. That's true, but Jimmy Valiant was only Jimmy V after he was Jimmy Valiant. So yeah, and he was also like yeah. nine hundred years old, so he probably predates everyone. Yeah. Yeah, because you know he's he's old as shit. Well, pretty much. I think the entire thing is amazing. Uh, I'm a, a Gargano fan for many reasons. Dude, and that match was dope. I actually watched the show and thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, that match specifically, uh, Kyrie and uh, Shayna Baszler, also awesome. So good. Very, War very Games good. Match was, War Games match was super, super fun. I wish that Undisputed Era would have won to reward yeah. their awesome shenanigans throughout the match. But, you know, yeah. it is what it is. And, you know, there's a lot that I missed because I was a part of the live audience. Like, uh, with, for example, with Johnny and Alistair, I didn't notice that Johnny was like, end it, end it. I'm like, 
if I could, because of my vantage point, I couldn't see him say anything. But I feel like that added a lot of psychology to the match, and it made it. Yeah, it was it was a cool mm -hmm. moment. It reminded me of "I'm Sorry, I Love You" with Shawn Michaels, yeah. but you know, with hate behind it instead. Right. And I think that uh, I mean, a lot of people realized the gear that he was wearing for that takeover was the Punisher. But I think yeah. people may have missed the message with that, and the fact that the Punisher thinks he's a good guy. And he kind of is, but at the same time, he's doing bad things, but he's doing bad things because he believes is right, which totally now mirrors the whole entire hashtag Johnny Gargano did nothing wrong. And yeah. also Punisher, a lot of the other heroes <clears throat> think he's full of shit and don't support his actions, just like Johnny's also getting uh, from the rest of the roster. It's great. It's great. I picked that up too. And I'm like, this, this is great. Uh, we need to get him like to go crazy in the mystic arts so you can get some Dr. Strange gear to fight Aleister Black or something. I'm down with that. <laughs> um, I will say that he did let me know about some future gear, Will, which I cannot <laughs> mention here, but I am looking forward to it uh, because... I, I can't wait until that Howard the Duck gear makes its <laughs> yeah. debut. And the, um, man, the man thing gear is going to be amazing. Uh, uh, I will say huge props <laughs> to the guys at Main Event Gear. Uh they're the guys who outline and create all of this gear for him. They've been doing it since, uh, well, even before his uh, takeover New Orleans gear, but starting with that one, since that was the first Marvel one, like hats off to those guys. Those guys are super cool. You can follow them on Instagram and Twitter at main event gear. And they're uh, kind of a new big uh, gear company now. Yeah. Right? Like a lot of people are using them instead of high spots and uh, cause they have really high quality shit. Yeah. And they're very detailed. They've, basically did like just for survivor series weekend they did like the new days stuff they did uh the bars stuff they did uh well they originally they had they done becky lynch's stuff they've done they alexa blisses they do pretty much everyone now uh just because of the high quality of their work that's awesome oh um, yeah so soldier jim you can't you can't give us a hint of what's going on like is he gonna move in with candace's family out here and like start wearing a hawkeye west coast avenger shirt or what yeah uh oh. no i believe he's moving to michigan because it's he's gonna be wearing some great lakes avengers gear oh hell yeah flat man <laughs> let's do it wait uh, shit it was flat man in great lakes avengers right i'm i'm drawing a blank fuck Ah, oh, we've stumped Casey. Everyone oh. should be stumped by this case. It's because I've been reading nothing but Swamp Thing, which is a DC property. Sorry. Oh, I thought we had oh. a put a kibosh on DC for the rest of the night. Damn it. Well, you know what? I'm reading Spider Geddon. Okay, I'm 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 buying every single issue of the Spider Geddon crossover. So, uh, uh, what was his name? Mister? Yeah, Flatman. Okay, that was right. Mr. Why is he always got to be right? God damn it. Can the man just not be wrong one time on this goddamn show? The nope. great, the oh. great Big Bertha, Doorman, yeah. uh, and eventually Squirrel Girl. I thought oh, I had a 50 50 chance of just saying you were wrong and it being true, but of course not. Why no. would that ever be the case? I, my, my comic book knowledge isn't as good as my wrestling knowledge, but there was a time where it surpassed it, like when I was like 12 years old. Um, I will say, War Games was absolutely phenomenal um yeah. i tweeted about it i tweeted about it that night and i said that war games would be was great uh survivor series would probably fall a little short of the mark and raw and smackdown after that would probably be dismal um i'll say this survivor series wasn't half bad 
It, it was wasn't actually, half good either. <laughs> well, well, uh, you'll have that. But I, I, yeah. I liked the Ronda Charlotte match. Yeah, that match was really great, and the mm, fucking yeah. beatdown was uh, wonderful. Love I mean, it was it. the best ending, uh, you know, a little bit predictable, but it's really the only ending you could do on a short-notice thing like that because those two are really yeah. not supposed to lock horns yet in their world. But I think it raised everyone's stock um, by it happening and happening the way it did, and that's no slight to, to Becky Lynch at all, who is extremely over and still a sloppy wrestler. I don't care what Byron says. You know what? I actually awesome. went back and watched uh, like previous like NXT matches with Becky, and I have to attribute it to the fact that now that she's working like a much more, uh, you know, stretched out schedule, that her work rate went down probably because it's easier on her body. Well, and, and it should. It honestly, it should. It's it's sad. It's a sad phenomenon, but it's like. Where a wrestler has to put in the most is when they're making $400 in a night to go kill themselves at some indie. Then they have to work pretty hard to get themselves over character-wise and still have a high work rate when they're in NXT. And then once they get to the big show and wear a belt once or twice, they really should pretty much do nothing at any available time there is to do nothing because otherwise they're going to not mm -hmm. make it to retirement. Yeah. yeah. It's just a roll-away slum. She does the roll-away slum. Hey, yeah. All I gotta tell you guys. All I gotta tell you guys is be like Kevin Nash. That's all. That's all you gotta do. Just be like fucking Kevin Nash, and everyone will be okay. No, nothing will be watchable. But you know what? It doesn't matter. We'll all be safe. But yet, I never had a problem paying good money for Kevin Nash. I don't know why, but I never did. You know what? I, I, I love Diesel, man. I, I was a big fan of Diesel. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I I wouldn't like if I was on commentary. I wouldn't yell. I'm marking out, bro, and get kicked off a of commentary forever. But, um, you know. So got out with one of our guests, I guess. Former guests. My 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 question coming from the whole Ronda Charlotte thing is mm -hmm. is the Becky factor. The like Becky is super over, and I know. Byron wait, wait, wait. Would, would you would you say it's the Bex factor? It is the Bex factor. <laughs> wow. I had all I ever wanted, and I'll never get that back. Byron, oh, I know. You know, know I, I hate Bex factor. You, you don't gotta have to look at me like that. Uh, it's Byron, kinda, I know you were super stoked about the whole Bex factor going into that, yeah. and then she was pulled from from the the lump up from Naya, um, the yeah. ultimate potato. But really, is this really really a thing? I think it is. I think she's someone that everyone has liked. I think uh, that advice she got from Shawn Michaels to to act you know act like you belong in the room act like she is the best uh, i think that has helped um helped her out and give given her an edge that people can latch on to i mean they want to cheer for her and she's been the underdog and she's never really won the big one and, and, and uh, her twitter shit talk game is so on point and it's yeah like oh especially compared to ronda's uh, yeah it's like it's like you're rooting for this underdog and then she gets mad and you're like I'm mad too that this is happening to her. And then that makes you connect with her even more. And it's, it's like the whole stone cold thing. It's like, it's that appeal. It's that. What? Yeah. And, um, you know, to a different extent, but it, there is that similar type of edge and, uh, and it's great. You got to strike when the iron's hot. I too. didn't see her break her goddamn neck and finish the match. 
So, I th- I mean, I think you definitely throw her at Ronda. You throw her at the most money-making matches that you can because you I'd don't know how long it's going to last. And walk it dry. <laughs> no, he, he he likes her too. I think listen to his podcast. Read the Price thing. check um, on a jackass. But her Twitter game, though, like you said, is incredible. And Ronda's <laughs> is awful. But then Shayna came back with something that was interesting. And now I want to see Shayna and Becky go at it. It's kind of... The only thing about this is the same problem that you have with Charlotte and Rhonda right now is that you don't want it's not so much someone going over, you don't want someone taking a clean loss right now. It's well, this is all this is always going to be the problem when you build stars, but at the same time, I think it was very fortuitous for them to have Becky fall out of that match. Uh Charlotte led Rhonda to where Rhonda should be at this point in her career and I as much as I like where they're going with Becky Lynch, I do not believe that Becky Lynch has the ability to do the same thing with Ronda in the ring that Charlotte was able so, to do. So did you guys see when um, when uh, Charlotte pie-faced the ref and her hand just completely enveloped his whole head? Yeah. It was fucking amazing. <laughs> Look, no, I don't know. I think, I, I think that Becky can deliver a big match. I think Charlotte... Has done Why can't really she deliver well. a big match with Ronda, who's green as shit? Yeah, you I just have know. to do a bunch of garbage spots. Just hide it. Yeah, I mean it, they did. I mean Charlotte, Charlotte and Ronda hit it. They had some garbage in that match, but yeah, they sold it all the right way, and and they it's they made it yeah. work. And Charlotte was able to go into Ronda's garbage and and have it work, and kind of let Ronda take the reins a little bit in the middle of the match too, and and have it work, which was pretty impressive. See, I think what the, sucks is it's like not extreme rules coming up because that would be like the perfect place for them to have a match where you can do that shit. Um, but you also, when Ronda was getting signed, there were rumors of grooming Asuka for this spot. So you could do armbar versus armbar. And it was such an unofficial thing. It's like they had Asuka use um, Ronda's armbar, a similar armbar set up for Asuka lock for a few tapings just to like start that progress. And I think they can latch onto that sort of armbar versus armbar with Becky. So you can also have some technical sort of jousting back and forth, trying to go for the holds. I think, you know, there's a science that that could be interesting on top of the garbage on top of, I guess, like not throwing the, the spinny leg drop or the rollover suplex. Yeah, I don't know, whatever. But Ronda's garbage and Becky's garbage in the same match. And that's a bit, I don't know. I don't think Becky's garbage, and I think she would turn up for that. I think she's been at it for a long time. I think she's really good. Yeah, but if you look at her good matches, I I can't recall any time where Becky ever helped carry somebody that needed to get put over. I just don't see her being that kind of wrestler, Byron. I don't think she's the kind of person that you put in there with someone like Ronda that you're trying to get over. So, Justin, uh, do you see Charlotte as being able to carry people? She just did. She carried right. Ronda. I thought it was so, going to be garbage, and she totally pulled it off. So make it a three-way. It might have to be. <laughs> that might be the. That might just be where you need three. to go for WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's also going to be one of those things where it leads to horsewomen versus horsewomen. I yes. feel like it's going to lead to that eventually. It has to. It has to. I mean, they're building those girls up now in NXT, and they're finally getting some time. I mean, Jessamine and uh, and uh, what's yeah. her face Marina. Marina definitely oh, need some time those fucking run-ins dude okay that that match made the baby faces look so fucking stupid because they they did triple teams for what seemed like hours until uh dakota kai came out 
Uh, and then, yeah. you know, hours more until EO came out and uh, did her moonsault. It's like, hey, maybe run out together. <laughs> if I well, need you know, the other thing I was thinking about with uh, Rhonda's horsewomen is that if she's going to do that, they're going to have to heal Turner. And judging by the, the reaction in L.A., I mean, Rhonda even said at one point, hey, it's my hometown or something. I mean, she was trying to get the cheap pop. And, man, all she got from L.A. was heat. They did not want her to be the good guy at all. That was amazing. It was so funny. It was she was standing up after the match. And they went for the sympathy. And it was no sympathy. It was just like... Get off the fucking stage. Bro. But I think she handled it well. I think she handled it well. You mean mug. You play same, to the camera. The same reaction in the same building when Triple H tapped out to Brock breaking his arm and the crowd booed the shit out of Triple H and chanted, you tapped out. I was there. I was one of those people. You mean <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it was, destined to, it was destined to fail anyway because you put her up against Becky, who's arguably probably the hottest uh, female wrestler they have right now aside from ronda and if everyone loves becky so much no matter you no matter what she's still against becky so even if you put charlotte in the ring with her people are just gonna be like well that's still becky's enemy so we're still gonna boo her so are they do are they giving ronda the roman reigns treatment are they gonna shove her down everyone's throat as a baby face forever or are they just gonna let her go heal everyone wants ronda to be a heel does ronda want to be a heel no no, she should be though, because you know what? Her mentor, G she needs to talk to Gene LaBelle about this shit, because Gene LaBelle yeah. was one of the greatest heels in wrestling history. All right, but well, and she's also, you know, she named herself after Roddy Piper because she loved his how bad of a badass of a heel he was. So I feel like I actually think Ronda does want to be a heel, but I think because you just brought her in as a face, she's got to live on that a little bit. I don't know. Something about her ego, and this is the kind of the way she she's was in MMA same. too. She hated it when people thought she was the heel. But, I mean, Josh Barnett was around her all the time and, and the rest of the the her horsewomen. I mean, and he's clearly heel. And look at what he's shown Baszler. I mean, he he helped mm -hmm. create the Baszler character. Mm -hmm. and She's amazing. Yeah, and she's great, and I just feel like Ronda's still fighting it. She was fighting it when she was yeah. in MMA. She's fighting it now in WWE, and I think I think Vince and Stephanie are going along with it for now. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know how far that can continue. I think eventually, when she gets yeah. hooked up with her buddies, she has to go full heel, and it has to be it has to be one of those dastardly, mean, Sid vicious style heels. I don't. I think, but I also think there's those delusional heels where you don't, and you know they do this on purpose sometimes, but. <clears throat> It's like she can do everything she normally does and not do dastardly stuff. Like she keeps trying to win over the crowd. And if a crowd doesn't want that. But that's so gonna... nuanced. I don't think she can pull it off. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying like if she doesn't do that, it's going to happen to her anyway. Like she, that she's going to be like that. People aren't going to like her. Um, she's going to have to prove herself and she's going to have to be uh you know, she's going to have to go down that road where a lot of people go. All right, I don't, I don't want to talk about WWE too much longer, yeah. but I do want to talk about this one factor. I saw the tweet that said uh, Becky Lynch doesn't need Conor McGregor. She's so over. First of all, the whole, Conor, the, the, the whole Conor thing, um, you know, with Conor, you know, saying whatever about Becky and supporting her and, Becky replying and saying, I heard Connor can get on a plane and be in New York in a, in a drop of a hat or whatever. Um, I didn't even know about this. this oh, yeah, this is, this is new, new fun stuff. Here's the thing about Connor McGregor. If 
Conor McGregor wants to, in any fashion, be a part of WWE, they absolutely should make it happen. I know you don't agree with that, Meatloaf. Why don't you agree with that? I, I, I said before, he's he's too much of a liability. Um, he, all, he has, all he has to do is try to be the big, hard man, because he's got a little man syndrome, and throw something, it goes flying to the crowd. You're a big corporation. and uh, American Public, Publicly traded big and, corporation, yeah. Yeah, and so for me, so for me, I get, I get how he draws money. I get how he, what you can make money for the WWE, and the controversy thing sells cash, blah blah blah. But he, he says, if he says cunt live on the WWE, that's like gonna cause a few issues. If mm-hmm. he starts like actually, if he physically gets in a fight with someone and just decides to go into business. He's gonna hurt somebody, and that's gonna equal another lawsuit for them. And yeah, like I said, if he just gets in the thing and he just throws his toys out like the pram, like he always does, and he launches he launches a chair and it goes flying into the crowd, that's gonna that. What, he could basically one in one ten minute segment, he could close the WWE's doors. I don't see, but I don't know that he could close their doors. I think that they could say like, "Hey, that's not what we planned," and it won't have been. And they'll say yeah. that he went into business for himself, and that will yeah. be the truth. And and here's a here's the thing. Here's why here's why I think Connor is worth it at almost any price. Pay him twenty five million dollars to come in for four appearances. Pay him more than that, because the WWE is doing this new deal with SmackDown moving to Fox, mm-hmm. and. As a part of that deal, Fox will get to sell ads. They have not sold all of those ads yet, and they have not set those ad rates yet. And if you bring in Conor McGregor, who is 100% the largest star in sports entertainment of any kind right now, if you bring him in, you will pop numbers, you will bring in eyeballs, you will have the best ratings for maybe eight or nine weeks straight on cable. You'll, You'll beat those numbers that Walking Dead was getting three or four years ago. And what you can do is set ad rates so fucking high, and this switch from SmackDown uh, being on USA to being on Fox, you can set the ad rates so high that one Conor McGregor uh, appearance, even at WrestleMania, that's not on those networks, but just getting that buzz going, could literally earn the WWE billions of dollars over the next five years in ad revenue. So it's absolutely worth it almost at any price. Even if the guy goes off the rails, you try to shield yourself and insulate yourself from it. But if he'll do it, if he'll actually come and play nice with Becky Lynch or do some stupid tag match or even just cut a couple of promos and then show up at WrestleMania and not even get in a ring, if he'll do Mm -hmm. that, it's worth it for them at almost any price because they could actually capitalize on it even more than an MMA promotion, probably more than a boxing promotion at this point. The WWE could use Conor more than anybody on the planet. And if they really want to do it, they can just work the amount that they gave him like they did with Mayweather and just lie to everyone and say they gave him way more money than they really did. Because uh, I thought Floyd and fucking Big Show, that match ruled. I love that shit. And there was a lot of problems with the build to it. They had to do a double turn just to get the fans into it. Uh, because every, they're like, oh, actually, everyone kind of hates Floyd Mayweather. We got to change this around a little bit. Uh, right. yeah. And, and you never know with Connor. I mean, you just kind of put him out there and see what the reaction is first and then write something to it. You got you give yourself a couple of months, like have him do yeah. something at, at Rumble or right before it. And then you, you, you spin it into you weave it into WrestleMania somehow. 
It's have big business. Actually, have yeah, him I actually also, kill Seamus to, you know, assert his yeah. dominance, and then we're good. I also think, though, all, every single one of those concerns, all of those are reasons why people watch and tune in to McGregor. You know, the fights are cool, but you, you tune in to the press conferences you tune in to whatever you think yeah, he's going right. his, yeah, his that's, voice that's fight for when you. show up. And it's like you just you tune well, into yeah, that. And, and that's part of what people love about him. You what know? are you saying, Meef? Yeah, the, the main demographic of the WWE isn't those people I now. Think, it's not anymore. It was before. Uh, the people watching it on TV. But it all it all just makes them kids. The money's coming from people with fucking kids buying seventy thousand t shirts. I get that. I get that. And if they look I agree with you. And if they can play Connor if they can play Connor as a baby face and he keeps it together and just cuts a couple of, you know, smarmy old style John Cena esque promos, they would do much bigger and better business. You know, mm -hmm. and that's what they should try to write for him. But obviously, you can't really tell Conor McGregor what to do at this point. You know, and you can only kind of grab the reins and hold on and, and hope that it goes the direction that you want. But the guy does understand how to make a dollar. And they, they simply could benefit so much from it. I don't know if it'll happen. Yeah. I know there's a lot of talk about this whole Brock thing, if Brock's contract is actually, in fact, done or not. Um, it'll be weird because the whole Brock coming over to UFC to fight DC thing, timing-wise is horrible you would expect to see something like that in late summer or early fall you would not expect to see vince wanting something like that to happen as you're moving into wrestlemania season i don't know how that works but with cormier's timeline of wanting to retire in march uh at his birthday um and then wanting that that match to happen i mean brock's going to fight somebody in the ufc and probably fairly soon um, and it looks like all signs are pointing to that. I don't know how Brock's going to work his contract. But Vince McMahon absolutely should be worried about not having Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania this year as well. He is a big name. He is a draw. And he's got to find a way to work him in there as well. So and, I don't know how the And he has the belt out. right now, which is uh, a, little, a little troublesome too. He's well, allowed to bring the belt in, can't he? Yeah, and they can look. They can get Brock to show up, and they can pay him a one-off to drop the belt. Uh, they've done it before. It's not, that's not so much a concern as the fact of, you know, this is the whole reason why we talked about why they put it on him in the first place and why Finn Balor was fooked because they need a little bit of that prestige, and they've mm -hmm. they've elevated. They've done a really good job of elevating the universal title and putting it in the the stratosphere of. You have to be a giant monster to have that belt. You do have to be a big name. And it's going to make it even more important when somebody like Finn or one of the smaller guys really does work their way up there and get that belt. They're going to keep it on the guys like Strowman and Lesnar and these big dudes that are monsters and Reigns and whatnot. That's it. They're good. They have to. And, and now that they've set that precedent, they can't go into a WrestleMania season without that. So, and you know, you know, Justin, I think – this might you might want to you can use this as a segue if you want, but I think that's well and fine for a WWE champion, but for a Lucha Underground champion. <laughs> okay, well here's what I want to talk about to back Meef Meef up here a little bit. How <laughs> many white guys can you put in a limo, and are there any white gods in Aztec culture, or are there any Latino gods left in Aztec I mean, culture? Well. Uh... There's the point that I was I made um I think the last time we were on air was the um 
issue that I kind of had with it slightly was the fact that when oh no this is in the DM this turns up in uh, Mexico with the Spanish army um, there's two different versions of the story so there's one where Moctezuma um, tells them that he is the god uh, Quetzalcoatl Quetzalcoatl yeah um, yeah returning yeah uh, them and the other thing is a story about how like because they were on, they were on horses and obviously they weren't horses before. So when they saw them riding horses, they was like, "Oh, these guys, these are the gods. They've returned," and then that leads into astro uh, alien theor- theories. So basically, uh, you're saying yeah, white guys riding basically. into town is Aztec yeah. mythology. It's, uh-huh. it, it's it's a bad, it's oh. a bad part. Did you, did we? It's, it's not. It's not, not the best part. The, the United what? culture and the, you know, uh, actual technically was it germ warfare, mm-hmm. chemical warfare. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. So, it's it's so it's a subject that I would personally would have avoided as a white person. Well, you know what, me, uh, it it's led me to figure out who the other gods were in the limo. Okay, at least two of them. I, I I've identified two of them. Uh, they're both going to be the leader of the Snake Tribe. Uh, it's the Harris brothers, and <laughs> this, this whole time we thought those were Nazi tattoos that said SS. But if you put both of them together, it says. Although, oh, it makes maybe, perfect sense. I, I, I workshopped that snake. joke in the DM already uh, for the people <laughs> in the chat. Yeah, uh, sorry, I had to do it. I I, I don't think it's that we All right, I do want to I do want to point this out. So they say that all the gods have taken human form. Okay, they they say they say that all the gods have taken human form, but then right after that they kind of recant that because uh, uh, Jack White, what's his name, Jake Strong, Jack White. Whatever, he gets in the limo and um, clearly, uh, and then they say that they need to find a replacement for Matanza. So who who is played by Jeff Cobb, who is mildly ethnic. Um, (laughs) So he's gone. And then uh, whatever God is inhabiting people through the gauntlet is no longer on any person of color. Mm -hmm. So your your two gods that may have been people of color are gone and then who do you have left you have um australian suicide as hexagon or whatever Blood one side yeah as, it's hexagon it's, black it's, hexagon yeah, black they went yeah, all the way yeah. they went all the way to mexico to bring in a white guy for that yeah. one to and bring then, in a fucking australian uh god damn it Besides, but, but okay, Australian so you got him. You, you've got you've got Kevin Cross, who's the white rabbit, who I'm assuming is is got some kind of godlike powers. Hey, you've you got, know what? That's like, Alice in Wonderland related. I'm okay with that one being a white dude. That I'm just sense. saying. I'm just going through whoever. I'm just going through <laughs> yeah. all the superpower people right now. Then okay, you've okay. got then you've got Jake, who yeah. is is a white guy, and then. And then, just to make sure all white people are represented, since we have an Australian and a country boy, we got to throw in Stu Bennett. Um, yeah. So we have a little British white guy flavor to it. Oh, so now we're at least we're ethnically covering all of the white guy bases with our Aztec gods. I'm going to be real with you guys right now that we should have seen this coming around the end of season one when the two lucha stars that were fighting for the title in ultima lucha one were a puerto rican guy pretending to be mexican and a guy from kentucky pretending to be mexican we should have seen the writing on the wall right well i mean you know 
that's the you're, you're you're right. <laughs> you're absolutely right. Um, all right. So, and I'm kind of going backwards here because I do want to talk about some of the rest of the episode. We haven't talked about it yet. There's there's a few things to unpack, but this is the important stuff. And then I want to get to whether or not we're ever going to see Lucha Underground again. But um, who all is gone, and who do we think is really gone for real? Jack Evans gone for real. Gone. gone I don't know. Gone, gone for real. Gone. I don't know. I th- I mean I think. It could be gone for real right now, but it could change. I think that's one of those that can go back. Uh, Jeff Cobb. Uh, gone. gone for real. Gone. Yeah. Oh, Kill shot, gone. gone for real. Uh, Kill shot. Kill Wait, shot. now, now, Shane, oh. I know I'm, I'm 50-50 on Shane. If they come yeah. back in a timely fashion um, and ask him to come and do a few appearances, I think he'll come for a weekend of taping. I think he'll come uh, and work an angle like- with AR Fox late in the season. I feel like... Killshot is gone, but Sergeant Jermaine Strickland is still very much. Well, yeah, you know what I'm saying. I think I think that he'll make an appearance personally. I kind of I think if we see him full time, we'll see him get a run on top. Maybe if if he comes back full time. I mean, I think he's earned. I think you know. What he's not white. How is he going to get on top? But he is American, so that's yeah. Oh, he's American. I mean, <laughs> he's an American I'm, indie I mean, performer. That almost reads the same as white on paper. I mean, and, you know, his name is Shane Strickland, too. It's not like Lamar Johnson. So I think he's got a chance. Damn. <laughs> Just say it. I mean, they did change his name to Jermaine. So they see. did. They did. They did black it up a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> That was for me. I hope. I hope they did that just for me. Um, Wait, which Justin? Which one of the which one of the cracker ass writers decided <laughs> to make that name? They're like, hold on a second. We this season is too white. What are we? How do we fix it? Let's call that one guy Jermaine. Okay, exactly. That's how they did it. That's how they did it. We're gonna let Willie Mac go over at Ultima Lucha, and we're gonna call this dude Jermaine. <laughs> Oh Jesus Christ! Oh, I'm sorry. It's just—it's not going to get any better, guys. It gets—it yeah. gets harsher from here on out. That's all I hey, can say. You oh. know what? Hey, since they had Stu Bennett with his fucking WWE catchphrase, maybe maybe that's who the guys in the limo are going to be, and we might. Okay, so we'll probably get the hurricane yes. saying, "Stand back! There's a hurricane coming through." That'll probably happen. He's white, <laughs> He's but. <laughs> Then He's we'll gonna be the guy that they no. inhabit that gets the gauntlet next season. The, the reason they changed they, the reason they changed uh, Killshot's name to Jermaine is because his real name is Shane. How? But you can only have one Shane, and he's got to be white. And they're gonna bring in Tropical Storm Shane Helms. Yeah, yeah. Tropical and, and Storm check, Shane. Helms. Check it out. You stand you back. Can, There's a storm have, coming uh, through. You can have Carlito because he has a catchphrase from the WWE that he could use to close out a show. So he's Puerto Rican. So they could have him pretend to be Mexican like Mil Muertes. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a mess. I'm sorry. It's a mess. It's a mess. We're usually not this caught up on it, but the fact that they threw it in our faces at the end of the season of what may be the end of all seasons, we're going to talk about it. All right. So, so let me, let me keep going down the list though. Mil Muertes. Do we think that, that Ricky Banderas will be back because the way he's been posting and talking recently, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I think he's kind of like CMLL Gilbert now. You know what I mean? But um, I, they killed the best part of his act. So it's like, it kind of sucks. They can sucks. still bring him back. 
Well, that was my next question. Katrina, I I believe that Carly is done, done. Maybe she'll do one appearance in some kind of ethereal talking to. Yeah, I I think I think she'll talk to somebody from the grave one time, but I don't think you'll see her ringside. I don't think she'll ever be a performer in Lucha Underground full time again. But it's interesting. Well, I think the stuff where Eric has mentioned on multiple uh, appearances about characters and storylines run their course. There's only on this type of a show, there's only so many, so much you could see someone do on a regular wrestling show. I mean, you'll see them do the same thing over and over again. We're talking about a lot of people here that got off. How about Ricky Reyes? Do we see Ricky Reyes coming back? Because he was the one who announced the return of Lucha Underground uh, for season five. uh, (laughs) So I think Bill Moritz is one of those storylines where like they, they wrapped it up. There's no beef, but they wrapped it up and maybe he does something else, but it does make sense that you don't see Mil Muertes on the show anymore. It makes sense. It does. Yeah, because okay. there's no motivation for him now, which sucks. Yeah, because I love Mil Muertes. He's probably one of my favorite characters on the show. Okay, what about well, Chelsea Green? Somebody who they did not write out of the show, who gone. was getting, but yeah, obviously gone. That fucking sucks. Because she's they one of the ones they didn't kill off. You know, you know what they need? They need, um, uh, like, number one, more luchadors that are luchadors. Number two, they need um, a better a better lawyer working out those contracts. Specifically for the women that do uh, appearances versus Pentagon. Yeah. Seems to be a yeah. problem area. Yeah. yeah. It, it'd be nice if they... It'd be nice if they weren't Everything actually physically too. working on other company shows by the time they're big like WrestleMania main event for the underground pops up. Right. Okay. Luchasaurus. Do we see Austin Madison back? I mean, he's built his whole career on the gimmick now. And mm-hmm. sadly he, he got his head, head chopped off, but, and I don't, you know, I, I forgot to ask DJ and Roach about this too. If he yeah. was written out because of the, the injury, injury that he got, or if that was always the plan, because he was very quickly becoming a, a solid giant white superstar in Lucha Underground, and his bit was getting over, and the stuff that him and Mundo did was phenomenal. Top-notch stuff, some of the best stuff this season. Gut feeling is he's the replacement from Matanza. He would have to wear a bodysuit, but my gut feeling is he's the replacement for Matanza. They don't even call him Matanza. They call him, like, the god that's inhabiting Matanza's body. Right, whatever the... As far as we know, Matanza is Matanza's legal name because Papa Cueto, he had some issues with what that baby did when it came out of his wife. Right. Because okay. it means massacre in Spanish. Just reminding everyone. Yes. I mean, I get I get I know. I am, I am envisioning the blood coming out of the elevator in The Shining right now, Casey. It was never. It was never the same, Justin. You know, the, the Cueto family is known for their huge, huge dick. But it was like trying to throw a hot dog down a hallway after that. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. How the the fuck is a baby that big? They did not have any of that bajazzling when I was a young man. Hey, wait. Zeus King says that Cortez... Zeus King says that Cortez no-showed WrestleCade. Oh, great decision. For real? I'm just... Let me just say this. I am happy and honored to share this rare, rarefied space with WrestleCade of Ricky no showing them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. wow. I got yeah. a, I got a follow up question to Zeus. Who noticed? <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow. Wait, I don't hate on Ricky like that. I still got love for the guy. I still got what love a for shoot. The guy. I'm sorry. Damn. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Wow. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> 
Shots fired. Shot, I'm sorry, shot I gunshots know. fired. That's just like a blast in the chest. Jesus Christ. All right. All right. So perennial well, crowd nice. favorite, Vinny nice Massaro. Guy. Does Vinny Massaro get another chance for DJ to write more losses for him? Oh, I think so. God. I, I hope uh, I hope him and Pizza Man come back. I Kikutaro? think there's a... Yeah, dude, Kikutaro, fuck. They should have signed him day one. They I think they put him under a hood him. and bring him back no matter what. Yeah, and just put him, him just have him be Kikutaro. Yeah. I mean, his mask is literally his own face, man. I think that, uh, you know, we, we saw Dario get shot and then we saw his funeral and then we saw him get brought back to life. I think that it's going to take a lot to have a, you know a lot for a specific type of death to not see someone come back. I think that anyone who got sacrificed, there's a creative way to do something with them. Well, and, and I had it, heard yeah. I had heard talk that there might be some some afterlife realm um, where some of these guys exist, and that had the season not only been 20 episodes, there was fully a plan to try to do something with Jack Evans and Vinny and some of these other guys who had been sacrificed in yeah. in this after life world and maybe bring them all back or maybe not or just have them do some vignettes or something fun but uh with only 20 episodes and a limited budget for vignettes it doesn't really play into the storyline in a big way uh these guys become more disposable then and that's that's unfortunate because i think there is room to bring those guys back but i don't think that that it's going to happen now necessarily and what sucks is if you do an underworld thing or you do a time travel reboot, you have to bring everyone back and everyone's not coming back. So Well, yeah. it's it's gonna be an alternate timeline if you do a time travel reboot at this point. It's see yeah, there's a thing called the buyback is the end. What's that? The end of the series. The end of the series is the the thing. Because basically this entire series happened after the funeral and we've just gone back to basically the funeral. So literally Dario could come back fire people so you don't have to see them yeah and it could literally the next season could be literally just else someone taken five guys with them if they don't if they don't open if they don't open season five with dario waking up in bed and patrick duffy stepping out of a shower i'm gonna be really pissed (laughs) that's pretty good that's pretty good who shot dario um so the other thing i want to say is there was some talk about this whole uh dario having a cloudy eye in the coffin thing and that he was actually papa cueto in the future because of it and blah 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 if you notice if you go back and watch that last scene carefully uh he does have a cloudy eye in one part but it is uh from the lighting it is not an effect on the eye it's just a a a weird reflection of the the lighting over the coffin and as soon as he sits up that eye is not cloudy anymore so i don't believe that that theory holds any weight i think that that was simply a camera issue that's people that didn't watch the episode seeing the one screen cap from that scene and assuming basically is what that is yeah and and if you go back and watch it again you can you can clearly tell it's a light with a diffusion on it that is causing that to happen and not uh not some kind of other effect and he's not wearing a prosthetic in his eye or uh, is that a softbox or a kino uh no i think it was actually just like a a a 350 with a piece of diffusion taped on it Uh, i don't think it was it was a fucking light bulb hanging from a string with the budget (laughs) they had this season (laughs) that's my lighting you know, I, I'm surprised I didn't think of that well, with what Meath mentioned earlier. It's like, yeah, Aerostar went back, and essentially all of season four could be retconned immediately. Well, and it could. And honestly, if you're if you're talking in pure like Doctor Whovian sense, the whole yep. goal now would be to stop 
that last scene in the limo from ever happening, you know, from them ever yeah, actually getting all that power and, and from that tragic ending. Um, but yes, you would want to get back certain key individuals to make that storyline work. Yeah. You know, so as, as much as the season was a whiteout, I think you have the, the everyone on top, all the gods in the limo being all a bunch of white guys, you know, they're all, you know, you have like Australian and American and British, all various, versions of British and the places their criminals have been sent to or been colonized. Um, but so, so then you look on the other side of things you have, um, <laughs> so, yeah, thanks me. So, but then you have like, if you bring back Tejano, if you bring back Wagner, who I think they absolutely should bring back, um, uh, and you put them up with the Lucha friends or you put them up with, um, uh, Aerostar, Drago, Cuerno, um, Here's that a guy I think. Be... Here's a guy I think that will also come back. I think Nightclaw will come back yeah. if there is a season five. I mean, he has been if performing get... a lot in the U.S. as of late, so that'd be so great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it'll happen. Bandito with Cuerno. So then, Bandito and Cuerno together. Bandito, oh, Cuerno, no. Nightclaw. What I think is, is Bandito and Cuerno makes sense in terms of like that's their kind of their hunt in tribe almost, aren't they? And that gives, leads into my theory of what you should do with Cuerno, have, it, have him and uh, Bandito go around basically. Uh, well, I, I say this too, though. I, I think at this bets. point, anybody else that you bring up from AAA, you give them a gimmick. I don't think you let them do their own gimmicks anymore. I know that Dorian mm -hmm. wanted it to be that way because he wanted to help put his guys over down there. But at this point in time, the way they're leaving him left and right anyway, he, his best bet is to create more new IP like he did with Cuerno, as opposed to trying to use the existing IP, because that isn't exactly working out so well for him. No, especially when it, yeah. DJ named them. Yeah, no, um, yeah, we could have. What you're not uh, excited big about, Bucks. big bad Mexican coming in? <laughs> <laughs> big oh. brown Mexican, <laughs> Hernandez's uh. new name. Oh God, <laughs> Jesus hey, Christ! Did you notice, by the way? You know how Hernandez had to um he has to greek out his superman tattoo on his chest yeah like he he has to do it at impact now and lucha made him do it recently um, oh, wait he does they have to he he does it on impact this is yeah. why you shouldn't promote dc property it, it's weird yeah. because they, they, they don't make braun Strowman do it on wwe yeah. That's my point. Strowman has a superman tattoo that's like wait 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 first of all it. first of all that means hope <laughs> Sorry, I had to do it. God damn it, Justin! <laughs> it's not a Superman tattoo; it's a hope tattoo. Um, all right, oh, so boy. I'm gonna go. Let me let me let me go backwards. Let me talk a little bit about this this episode very quickly. I don't mm -hmm. want to get real deep into it, but um, first off, we get Taya getting possessed by Rosa. So now Taya is um, oh our Canadian god. We forgot our Canadian yes. friends up up north. Our white friends from the north and she's representing female white people so we have a female yeah. white canadian is rosa god, god though or, or is she a demon mm. i don't know a, i don't know Boston canadians are owned by the brits too but they said you know it they went right from the scene of her taking out mundo um into saying all the gods have taken human form um even though again that's not entirely true because you know then uh, Swagger gets into the car and says that Matanza's dead and they'll have to find a replacement for him. Um, and he's got the gauntlet, which I'm assuming is one of the other gods, but isn't on somebody currently. Uh, I have a slight 
theory on that one. Yeah, go ahead. It could be in Johnny. It could be in Johnny. Still, you think he got left in Johnny? It looked like, it looked like, it looked like there was a weird transference transference for me. I mean, the way that Taya dommed him out and power bottomed him in the mm-hmm. locker room, though, I would. I, I would yeah. tend to believe that he does not have any of that power yeah. left in him. Especially the fact if he I did have that, if he did have that power, then there's no point in uh in strong having the gauntlet or wanting it back. Right. Mm-hmm. Um anyway, so we, the, the whole thing starts off with Rosa going into Taya, which I thought was a good twist. I was not really expecting that. Mm-mm. Um mm-hmm. The two out of three falls match. I don't know if we mentioned this yet. I feel I know we've talked about it in the DM, but um, there was an issue at Ultima Lucha of everyone running over. And I don't know if we publicly discussed this yet or not, but I talked to some people backstage afterwards, and um, let's just say that the the some of some of the bosses backstage were very very upset with talent about how much people went into business for themselves and how much everyone went over did extra spots and things that were not planned the night was very very long and by the time this match even happened um the crowd was kind of dead and it sucked because these two guys put on some of the best performances throughout the whole year this match itself was actually really good um what got cut out i don't believe is there was a lot of of excitement missing um, this is more like in the Jeremiah Crane matches where they cut out him running around the ring five times before he dives into somebody and just cut right into the dive roll. Like, yeah, it adds something. It definitely adds something live, but I don't think it really took away too much to have it gone from TV. But the fact that they go through those first two falls, by the time you're back from the second commercial break or whatever, like, you you know, you do, what, four minutes? You get a fall, go to a commercial break, come minutes. back come back and two seconds later there's the second fall yeah, why bother having it. a two out of yeah. three falls match yeah. holy shit that's, that's that's how you kill the gimmick right there yeah uh kind of shitty it was it, it it was very unfortunate um now how the whole thing ended with melissa running off and interfering with dash and and that whole thing um you see it, you saw it coming from a mile away, but it worked. It was functional. It was a functional ending. I wanted to see Phoenix win that match. I don't think that you can let uh, Dragon Azteca get his heat back yet. I think that's a bigger storyline that needs time to play out. Um, I don't think you want to run through that too fast, personally. So I, I like the ending in the fact that it was serviceable, not in the quality for storytelling. I don't know what you guys think. Uh, I honestly just wanted to see Phoenix kill him and then, uh, yeah, yeah, like actually eat his brain. So I was a little disappointed. Now, hey, Byron, Jim, was this the same day that that was that awful, awful battle royal that was quite possibly the worst thing I've ever seen in the Lucha Underground ring? I think that was right before the match. Yeah, I think so, too, which is part of why all the heat was gone, right? Yeah, I honestly, I think it blocked out almost the entirety of that battle royal from my memory i did too yeah. like i can't i can't even remember who was in it other than ar fox yeah i don't remember anything really i and think i i, I think right. at that point too like it was right was it after was this before or after intermission i think that right after was intermission before. was the battle royal oh no this no, it was all before because intermission was when we were going to go do our thing and we we had to wait after all these matches right and it got dark Right, so we couldn't. 
And 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 everything was behind by an hour almost yeah. at the first intermission. And then everyone still went long and went into business for themselves. All the matches went long. Um except for the tag match from what I understand. The tag match actually went the way that it was supposed to go and that was probably because it was first. booked that day too. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah. Every, so nobody really could think far enough into it to, no, to I go think, off the rails. I think the tag match kind of fell apart too. But the people in there kind of held it together. Well, you had the best of the best in there, so that's yeah. not surprising. Um, anyway, yeah, I loved a lot of the spots in this. I liked the table spots that they did. Um, I, I, I liked the two out of three falls match. I just something about how it got presented on TV just didn't work, and it was really rushing those first two falls. That was just that was a yeah. a call they had to make an editing. And you heard Evie Dub yeah. say it on this show that he asked for. Ultimate Lucha to be longer that he could have easily made it into a three-hour show, um, or done something else, or made what they should have done was two two-hour long shows. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. also think what they could have cut out from all the backstage vignettes as well, not uh, just the stuff in the ring. And you but, know what, El Rey's reluctance to give them that extra time when everything's already shot and would just need to be edited together doesn't really look all that great for another season of Lucha Underground. In my well, opinion. it doesn't, and which uh, is which is I'm I'm rapidly getting there, but I want to get through a couple more things from Ultima Four real quick. Uh, Shaw Guerrero spot coming out next was one of the high points of the whole weekend. Was one of the high points of the show. Yeah, it mm. worked perfectly. Um, Chavo coming out, that's the best pop that he's ever gotten in the temple. Um, I, the whole thing just worked great. I, I love seeing it. It was probably one of the best in ring tributes to Eddie we've seen since mm. right after he died. Um, and it was a great moment for her. And I hope that, uh, I hope that she keeps with it. I know she's doing stuff with Wow now. Yeah. Um, so, uh, regardless of what happens with Lucha Underground, I'd like to see her keep performing and, and stay in there and, and maybe not try to start her own company yet. <laughs> Well, the funny thing is, is that uh, when uh, at the wild taping that I went to, Dave McLean introduced her as uh, from Lucha Underground, Shaw Guerrero. So I think, I don't know how promising that sounds, but it can't be bad. No, I mean, I, and and that is one of the good signs, but McLean might also be working off of an older script, so to speak. Um, we know that MGM does have some uh ties to the wow promotion but they're not producing the television from what i understand it is mclean and his people that are producing the access show um, interesting with some involvement mm. maybe just distribution from mgm maybe mgm just did the access deal but i don't believe it's not like lucha underground where mgm is producing the show i don't well, believe I, that that's the case i also think that was it was that announcement was more for the in-house audience than it was for the tv taping i think They'll just have the Chiron for her on the TV taping, right. and that's it. He just but does that bode well for WOW that they're touting Lucha Underground instead of something even bigger? They're not saying, you know, WWE, Superstar, or anything like that. It's like... I mean, it's weird, though, because, you know, they're, they're their own organization, but at the same time, they need help from talent from other organizations. For example, True. like the tapings that we went to, you have Santana Garrett, who's their champion, and then mm. you have her main rival for at least the set of tapings that I want to be Tessa Blanchard, who right now is the impact women's champion. Right. So, and that's, I, I mean, and that's kind of where they're going to have to go. And, and I do like it. I think it's healthy for the wrestling business. It just strikes me as funny when any of them is touting each other, like, Hey, we're touting this top star from another show with a 1.2 rating. Like, <laughs> nah, <laughs> you know nah. what I mean? If even, I don't know. It just seems, it just seems weird to me, but um, I digress. I liked Shaw. I liked her being there. I liked 
her taking over for Melissa. I thought that was good timing. The famous B thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is my yeah. favorite thing ever. They cut um, that down too. They cut it way down. But I mean, it doesn't matter. It entertained me live and there was enough of it left in the, the televised version that it still made me smile. What are you saying, Meef? Came out dressed like Raven. She came out dressed like Raven as well. <laughs> she did kind of come out dressed like I Raven. Was, I, 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 actually, I know whenever I sat here watching, I didn't know it happened, obviously. And I got goose pimples, got a little bit choked up and was feeling a bit like, oh, well, where the hell is this coming from? And I actually did cry when she started doing like the three amigos and stuff. I, it was, I, it was I dude, it was that good live too. And like seeing it a second time on TV, it was still that good. Mm -hmm. I mean, like you really felt that electricity. It really was a real moment. Uh, none of us knew that she was there and we had been backstage that day. Um, and I had not seen her. I did not know she was there. I don't, maybe, maybe she was in the VIP when we were backstage. So yeah, or she could have been no in a different part. That she... Yeah, somehow we just didn't didn't catch her being back there. I mean, we didn't or... see everyone backstage either. To no, because we were all over the place. So, yeah, we were moving around quite a bit. Um, but yeah, it was a great spot. She even got in the excuse me for for Mom Vicky. I like that. It's probably the first time that Vicky has really been acknowledged as a Guerrero in the whole chain of lineage. Yeah which I thought was interesting too. But at this point, look, man, she was a top talent at WWE for three years. Longer and, than and, that. and she's the nicest lady in the world. She's Super an nice. absolutely lovely person. They should just be nice to her. Yeah. Well, uh, that's why I, I liked it. I liked that, that shawl through, through Vicky in there and didn't disregard her. And as much as I love Chavo, even though Byron doesn't, he does not do that. I love Chavo. Chavo, oh. Chavo, frequently almost intentionally leaves out vicky i don't know if they have heat or what but you know it was nice to see vicky get a little props in that moment too um mac versus mill in a death match i got nothing to say super solid what what you come to expect from lucha underground i still don't understand what he meant by that and you probably never will yeah i mean all i have to say is all I can remember from that was, or from that day, as far as the Mac goes, it's like he did that. Then we were doing Jaeger bombs with him in the back. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And my, <laughs> and my man can definitely do some Jaeger. Bombs. Oh no, sorry. I was like, I think it was car bombs, car bombs, not Jaeger bombs. Whatever. Oh yeah. There's a difference. It was all about drunkity drunk time. Yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But. Yeah, I liked I liked it. Uh, I I'm not a fan of the fake brick spots. Like, man, you no. hit somebody in the head with a brick, it's never gonna explode into powder. I, oh, I didn't like it when they did it with the cinder block. Oh, oh, oh. I like them better Jesus. than the fake brick spots. Let's yeah, not talk about bricks. Yeah, let's uh let's let's, let's not talk about bricks. Let's just wish Cuervo our best, okay? Uh god damn. He's out a year now. Uh honestly, yeah. a year is probably the best case scenario right now. Yeah, at least he plans on coming back. Uh, yeah, um, maybe not the best right. idea. Plum. Mm. I'll tell you what, though. I also don't know that they should have called this a death match, especially after the Hell of War match last year. I think that the name of this match was more ambitious. The match was exactly what it should have been, but it should have just been another play on grave consequences. Calling it a death match, I think, was unnecessarily deceptive because nobody gave a fuck about it being a death match anyway and it wasn't anything close to what you would normally call a death match yeah i was a little i was a little off by that too because i've seen both of, well i've seen mill do stuff that 
you could call a death match. And I was excited to see uh, Mac do some crazy garbage spots. And there were, you know, it was more like a hardcore match. Yeah, it was more like your your run of the mill ECW kind of match as opposed to a death match. So I don't think I think Lucha Underground did themselves a disservice by touting it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, Gauntlet of the Gods match, awesome. Loved the whole throwing the the glove all the way up there. Loved Johnny having an actual reason to do his his parkour shit across. Sacrifice to the gods match that just happened to have the gauntlet of the gods. I call I call it the gauntlet of the gods match because it was a sacrifice to the gods, but it also had the gauntlet. You could see how much fun that Johnny was having in that match. Also, can we talk about the the difference in the ending that was taped and the difference in the ending that was shown? Um, we Byron and I were talking about this the other day, and we were like, "Wait, yeah. this was didn't Mundo punch th- through Matanza on the Aztec seal, and then Matanza disappeared?" And we thought that that was how Matanza was going to die, and then in fact they just go to commercial. <laughs> um, yeah. that that was what happened live, folks. Live, uh, Johnny actually sacrificed Matanza, and um. I see why they switched it now. Maybe they didn't know that they were going to be able to get Angela Fong back to, to wrap up the storyline that way, or I don't know. Clearly something changed, or maybe they just wanted to do it both ways, or maybe they thought that, that was a good way to end it for the crowd so they knew what was going on. I mean, I could see that, especially with the fact that they, everyone in the live crowd saw how they kind of did the, sacri- the sacrifice. Right, so, I mean, it's I, it's... Standard old school I dream of genie slash bewitched. I mean, it's just yeah. A, yeah. a a break and they roll out of the ring in the dark and <laughs> they yeah. turn the lights back on and everyone's like, ah. So I think they were like, okay, well, his character's done, but we're showing you guys this, but we're going to show everyone else this other way. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, or, or, I mean, there were a lot of vignettes being filmed that week after Ultima Lucha. They were still heavily filming. Um, so maybe maybe it did change, or maybe they just felt like that wasn't a strong enough ending, or it didn't work. I, I mean, clearly yeah, the maybe, way they wrapped it up was way better. Maybe yeah, the the shot just didn't match up right, so they had to do something else. Or I mean, I, it could also be a possibility, and maybe we can ask them this later. But maybe at that point, when they uh, scripted the match and everything, they didn't have Angela Fong in yet for right. that ending, and then they're like, "Oh, we got her. Let's film that ending," and then we got it. Which I kind of love. Uh, maybe maybe they found some money in the, the budget to get her back for that one little shot. But I like that they did that. Yeah, because okay. that actually brought, brought closure to her storyline, too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that mm-hmm. hurts as someone not coming back, probably. It does give DJ a little bit more credibility with this whole we don't plan things that we're not going to wrap up thing that he said ever so many years ago now. Because <laughs> that's yeah, one of the few to- where they actually wrapped it up the right way. It's not... Ray Mysterio still rotting down in the basement of the old temple, uh, not, <laughs> never to be heard from again. Not wherever the fuck Nightclaw is. Uh, yeah. yeah. Whatever. Um, Where, where's the fucking pirate? Huh, DJ? Where's the fucking pirate? <laughs> where's the pirate? Just a dark match. We never saw anything beyond dark matches. We never saw anything. Uh, it's, it's true. It but was it was heart. never a promise meant to be kept. I don't think case. And now now you can't do it because Kyrie's fucking doing it. <laughs> she is a pirate princess. Um, she stole it. So let's talk Cerro Miedo match. Um, my uh, question is this, and I d- I don't know the answer to this question. Did Marty go hard way at the beginning of the match from the very first chair thrown at him, or was that a blade job in the corner later? Apparently, I think he that it was a blade job that was on it was camera a bl- so bad. Yeah, 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 you could see that, him do it. Yeah. Oh, I never remember, caught it. 
They definitely did. I, I remember specifically watching uh, it happen in the ring, but it wasn't shown on TV the, the same way. Like when he did do the job. Because I, I remember at some point too, early in the match, we all, both, all three of us, well, four if you can't run, we all noticed how much he was bleeding profusely. And then when he, I guess when he sold a puncher or whatever, his like hair whipped back and it blew blood on my shoes. Oh, it was oh, bad. I mean, he yeah, they were gushing. fighting. They were oh, fighting at the railing, bad. like right yeah. by us. Too. Yeah, but you barely and saw that cut. on on the sh- on the episode. So they cut it out. They cut out a lot. So I think they cut out the spot, especially where he bladed himself. So I think it was originally supposed to be a chair shot, but they changed it somehow in post. They said, I think they, I think Stryker on the broadcast says that it was from getting thrown into the ring post. Okay. Yeah. But after the very first chair shot outside, you already see him bleeding. Yeah. Yeah. So like he's bleeding before he hits that ring post. It was Pentagon who bladed him. Yeah. And that it was so obvious when he when they actually did it that it was like you can't you can't show it. Oh, Pen- Pentagon gave him a new jack. Oh, I don't dude, think that was the case, it, was it? Yeah. Nah, no, it's been so long that's, ago. That's what, someone was say, someone was suggesting it that um, I can't remember what it was. I can't remember if it was Omar. Um, so I'll someone, have to just ask or, Martin and see what he says. Yeah, does anyone on the chat remember? For those of you who were there, because it was so I, long I hope- ago. I hope if you ask him, he says kayfabe, motherfucker. I'm asking him right now. I'm going to text yeah. him right now and see if he replies. We got to find I, out. I hope he responds kayfabe, motherfucker. <laughs> Just get him on the show. Man, you don't know how hard that was last time, yeah. Byron. I think Just uh, Justin. I think Justin and I were on standby for the better part of like an hour trying to get him on. I was half an hour, if you remember. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Meep was was Meep isn't even on the actual episode, but yet he was there the whole time that I was talking to Marty, trying to get him to to do the episode. I I was talking him through some technical things with his computer that would appease his lady friend (laughs) so that he would have enough time to do the show for 20 minutes. I think (laughs) you and Meep were on for an hour, and then uh, Meep had to sign off, and I think 20 to 30 minutes later, he finally came on. Yeah. And I was on the phone with him that whole time. It was funny. <laughs> it was good stuff, though. Um, we'll see if he answers. Um, that match, holy shit. So the other thing is a lot of people thought that the blade job or whatever, the 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 head wound was the bad thing. When he went through the plate glass, um, mm-hmm. there were more. And and the the hand thing that happened to him that oh, opened God. up over here. Oh, 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 yeah. oh. oh. You, you don't really, the, the episode doesn't really translate it well for what really happened that day. I mean, but, and, and the thing is, though, uh, th- look, you're going to do a match like that. You're going to do dumb stuff. I'm never going to say, hey, Martin, you should go out there and do this dumb stuff because it is dumb. It was crazy, but super entertaining. And he never lost a step at all. You see a lot of these garbage, you know, extreme hardcore matches where a guy does a bad blade job or, you know, the blood starts flowing and things slow down a lot. The match live never slowed down. Oh, yeah, Television never slowed down. I mean, the work rate was there. They hit all their spots. Um, mm-hmm. It was still I mean, performed exactly right. Go ahead, me. Basically, it was almost it was almost like he had a little wire just spewing blood out of his head to run down his face, like because his work rate was still so high. You, I mean, yes. I. I so on, uh, I don't know if Phantasma was selling it. That's what but happens like, when you take he, a couple aspirin first. Cut, um, oh, That's actually... 
Do you guys do you guys want the trade secret? Yeah, go ahead, Case. Yeah, trade secrets. You take a couple aspirin first. Thins your blood out. You bleed more, but you're not fucking yourself up. And you know, because it thins the blood in your forehead. And it also helps a little bit with the pain. Yeah. Because that blood that blood was Eddie uh level when he did that robot blood job, wasn't it? I'm not being funny. That the blood the amount of blood that Marty was. I would I would put it was getting there. I'd say Marty was a full Muda on the Muda scale, but Eddie, <laughs> Eddie was about a 1.5 Muda, so that's like way worse. Well, where's the Phoenix uh, one where it was just just gushing no, out of the... nose. That one was pretty bad. The that nose one, one was, was worse. Well, the, the, the Phoenix one was crazy, though, because it would, like, pool up in the mask, and then as soon as he would lift yeah. the mask up or whatever, it would, like, yeah, dump just, out. It was like, oh, geysers. Yeah. Good Lord. Why? It's a, it's a cool effect. It's a really cool effect. Ah, if you uh, like effects like that. I mean, look, I'm into some sick stuff, but damn, dude. Anyway, I liked the Sierra Miedo match, the, the Marty Pentagon part of it. Um, the the Vampiro was, was the only part. I mean, here's, here's my thing. I didn't need the vampiro part i'm even okay with with mm. um australian suicide as hexagon uh, even though whatever hexagon dark or whatever his name's gonna be um hexagon black how shit that spot was though can we talk about how shit that whole what thing the was? the leap when, off the top when, was fine but well, the rest of it like when it was it was you no know, it's also real like even on tv i don't know how it came across me live but like it it just like what he's dragging him out the ring to take him over there to do this big dive spot. It would have made more sense if Pentagon was going there himself. And it was just, he should have just done a move in the ring or something. Well, this is the thing. Like, I, I thought the Vampiro part was the part that ruined it. I think that you have Hexagon do the run-in and beat him down. Forget the whole Vampiro giving him the belt swerve, blah, blah, blah. It's the same as the yeah. end of every season. Every. Like, we don't need that part anymore. Now, if you I have mean, Hexagon, if you have Hexagon run in, and mess with him, and then Vampiro stand up and help him for the dive spot or whatever, that yeah. would have been fine. Or, or just totally look like fine. he's going to confront him at the end and hug him or something. Like, that right. would have been fine. Or yeah. like that Vamp's going to come and run over and, and try to break it up and save him or whatever, and then, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think, I think if, if Hexagon runs out and you think that he's there with Chelsea to help Marty, that would have been cool first, and then he shoes them off, and then he fucks up Pentagon, the whole thing is different. Or you think that this guy Hexagon is running in to make the save for Pentagon? That would have been dope. Like the Vampiro part was just bad. Like a small child. Yeah, having Vampiro who's already bigger and more over and you know and tougher than the whole roster because he's a legend, and you have this little kid come out and. It's like well. To There's be no fair, Vampiro. it's to be fair, it's weird because I knew that Ozzy was there that day because I saw him backstage. I, I don't know if you guys noticed him or not, but I probably watched more of his matches. But so I recognized him backstage and I knew he was there. And then there was that other weird guy who had been around the the European dude, um, and I think he was talking was to that guy. Was he giving giving great blowjobs in the back? Yeah, without even getting his knees dirty. Yeah, because that's the only reason you get that. That's the only reason you get that piercing. <laughs> I'm saying it now. I finally uh, got my chance to say it. Snakebite fucking emo girls got in about 2005, so they could suck good dick. 
<laughs> there we go. Meef's been waiting to say we've been we've been talking about this in the I've been for what seems like months. And now now Meef's got to reveal it. And see, yeah, if you didn't do it, I was going to. So I'm glad you did it. Actually, I'll be I probably honest. Forgot. I'll be honest. Um, he stayed in the mid card and stuck around AAA a lot longer than most. Yeah, remember how his whole career <laughs> belongs, though, possibly. Remember his whole career with his Pentagon beating the shit out of him week after week, and now, oh my God. now he gets to be Pentagon's master, and the show's canceled. I guess he got the last laugh. <laughs> Maybe. Um, if the show doesn't come back, the last image is him beating Pentagon. This show needs to fucking come back. Also, yeah, but would Pentagon come thing. back? Wait, well, did Casey just say the show needs to come back? I, I can't have that be the last we see of Pentagon on this show. Wow. Yeah, but Pentagon is going to be working for All Elite Wrestling. He's going to be their champ. You know, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Do you think they uh, can book? The thing is, is with Australian Suicide as well, <laughs> he, looked, he, looked like, he looked like Shredder. What's uh, injection. You know, uh, it's a gif. Maybe some juice to. <laughs> I think he's trying to play her gif, but uh, I don't know if that works. I just like this picture of you guys. I'm not okay. playing the whole gif. Okay. I just like Byron looking like some just came out of his nose. No, actually, that's the face he makes. That's the face he makes when we enter him, Justin. Uh, oh. Is that Australian oh. suicide behind him? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there is a woman. Wow, I thought it would be the other way around. Wow, wow, you guys are harsh. Anyway, Byron likes being pegs and fun. All right, so the 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 finish. Jake comes out, breaks Pentagon's arms, takes the belt, then he takes the gauntlet, then he gets in the limo. Um, everybody's clear on what Lots happens at the end of this show, movie. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't need to discuss it any further. Yeah, they just they just completely tanked it. Is what happened. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so question of the day. White man came across the sea. Sorry. Question of the day: uh, Will Lucha Underground be back for season five? No. Yes. No. Yes. We got a yes um, from Byron. We got a meh from Casey, who doesn't want to see it in this way. What about you, Jim? What do you think? Uh, I mean, I could see it go, you know, either way. I mean, I feel like we're just gonna have to wait to see what EV Dub tells us, and then we'll just go from there. I will not. I'll. I will not be surprised if it gets canceled based on this last season, but I will not get surprised if it gets picked up because it's despite how the season was, people still want to watch it. May not be as yeah. much as it used to, but see the thing is like I thought there was a great drop off in quality, but them going out on this season is going out like a bitch. They deserve better yeah. than that. I think though um season five uh will be a lock and um you can watch it Thursday nights at like three AM or whenever Impact airs. Um, um, here's here's what I will say. Um, people people have heard me um, proclaim in the past that Lucha Underground will be back. Uh, you know, I was never worried about it for season four at all, not even for a second. And a lot of people were. Um, I will say at this point in time that I am about ninety five percent sure that Lucha Underground will never be coming back. Um, I think it is absolutely a no at this point. And I think so many things would have to change for that to be different. Um, based on what EB Dub said on the last episode of this show. Which is the he, least optimistic I've ever heard that man. Oh, well, but yeah. I think there's a reason for that. I think there's a little bit of gamesmanship in that too. And I want to address that as well. I think that he is telling the truth when he says 
they don't want to do what they did this past season. He doesn't want to let the fans down again. He doesn't want to let himself down. It was not the way that they wanted to do the show. It just simply wasn't. And everyone who blames them for it is wrong to do so in the fact that their hands were a little tied. They were thinking on their feet. They had full confidence in themselves that they had pulled off three other seasons before and that they could really make this work, that their, their, that their core idea was still there and still intact. They were wrong. <laughs> I don't think that it was. Um, and the more I go back and look at it now, I enjoyed every moment of being there. I love the season. I love what they did with it to a certain extent. But at the same time, I cannot in good conscience say that this season lived up to any of the previous three seasons or to what Lucha Underground, even on a lower level, should be. It mm -hmm. just didn't. There were certain factors that kept it from doing that. Um, and, and I do understand that many of those variables were not fully in their control. And if it comes back tomorrow, I will love to be wrong about this. I will still sit through as many tapings as I can possibly get to. I'll still support all the writers. I'll still support all the talent. I'll still support the entire production. But I'm not going to lie and say that this season was this shit because it was shit. For their standards, for the for the level that they set, for the promises that they made about the kind of TV show that they wanted to present to us and how they wanted us to feel about it. At the end of the day, when it comes to the end of season four, I do not feel as good about Lucha Underground as I did at the end of season three, two or one. I just don't. And I can't say that I, I do because that would be a lie. Uh, it, it, I was not glad yeah. that it was over. <laughs> no, I was glad I was, I was the season ended. Um, I'll be honest with you. It, it you just want a fresh start? Halfway through the series. I uh, see. I didn't. I, 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 it I, didn't I, become I, I, difficult to me. I still find. I still think that most of it was better than a lot of the other crap wrestling that I watch out there. And a lot of other shows have gotten better. Like, look, Impact is a more than watchable show now and is very entertaining. But at the same time, mm -hmm. there's something about it where. It doesn't compel me to need to come back the next episode. Yeah. Lucha Underground has never failed to make me want to come back and see what happens next. Impact has failed me on that every third show. Yeah. As good as it's I getting, and as much as I like the talent, I don't care about the storylines enough yet. And and this, and, this and, and I find myself kind of there's another thing about Impact is that Maybe. Impact is doing a lot better. And this may not be relevant to the conversation, but I just really it really makes me upset and i want to complain about it they their production quality drops off so fast oh, yeah. you know like first of all their tapings in queens that was a lot of fun but it was a it was a shit ring and beautiful. the camera setups their guys filming ringside were shit and the camera wasn't even like wide enough um you know their hard cam wasn't like it wasn't shot that well but when you when they went to like the backstage vignettes it's it was worse than someone filming with a cell phone. It was like blown out. It goes in and out of focus. The person's just standing in one spot. There's no reason for it to go out of focus. It was. Uh, it's because okay. it's because they had fucking anyway. autofocus on the cameras. Is why it kept going out. Of they focus. did. They yeah. did. That was a problem backstage for a couple interviews too. Um, Paul Paul Cross brings up an interesting point, and I want to talk about some of these things too. Paul Cross says the the only way that. Uh, Lucha gets a season five as if MGM wants to have Lucha Underground as a complete series for syndication purposes. And he is correct in the fact that five um, is now and has always been one of the magic numbers for syndicating a TV show properly. But However, because of the amounts of episodes that Lucha Underground mm -hmm. did in those earlier seasons, they are already past that threshold with season four 
which mm-hmm. is actually, um, even though Paul makes a good point, one of the reasons why I believe that Lucha Underground may not come back because they have already crossed that threshold episode number wise. Yeah. Um, but so, how are you gonna? Wrestling's not evergreen, like syndicated product. I don't feel. Uh, yeah, I don't think. Again, that that's another one of the problems, though, because. Yeah. Because how do you put a show that is a scripted show with a an arc storyline into syndication that's a wrestling show, which typically doesn't get that type of syndication? People think of it more as a disposable weekly product. It's been one of the problems that they've had the entire time. Um, the other thing I will say why I do not think it's going to come back. So I do believe that EB Dub was posturing a little bit. He doesn't want to make the same show again. He does want more money. But um, I know, and this is coming from him and other people who were involved um, when they were doing the new negotiation, that if you recall back to the previous times that EBW has been on the show, he said that for future shows, for future seasons, the green light is already in place to just roll into the next seasons. Yeah, he did that, say that. Yes, mm-hmm. but that means to roll into those seasons at this price, this contract. El oh, yeah. Ray does not have to renegotiate. They have set a price. Everyone agreed to the fact that, yes, we're going to keep Lucha Underground going. We're going to keep it going. We're going to do it like this. We can do it for this amount of money. And then if we like that and the numbers are good, we can keep doing that. And EV Dub's problem is the fact that MGM already agreed to that. So what you're asking in a season five now is for the producers and writers and talent and everybody who didn't like making this show this way with 20 episodes at this budget, including Skip, at this price in this manner now wants more money to do the show, but they've already agreed to do it this way. So now you have to go back and renegotiate for a higher contract. There's no way in hell L Ray ever does that. So that means that your only choice then if they won't give more, and I don't believe that they will, and I don't believe that they should. So understand this, basically Lucha underground absolutely already has a green light for season five. Lucha Underground, as soon as they get that fresh budget for 2019, L. Ray is going to call up MGM and be like, okay, let's go with some more of that. And MGM is going to say, we don't want to do it that way. And Dorian is going to probably agree, like, I don't really want to do it that way either. doesn't do much for me. Everyone's going to say, we want more. And L. Ray is going to be like, well, tough shit. You guys already agreed to doing it this way for this amount of money. We sold our ads. It got us the same numbers that we were looking for at the price that we were looking to get them. We're good. So either you guys give us the show at this price and this way, or don't give it to us. So then MGM is going to say, well, hey, what if we bring somebody else in on our side that helps us up the budget a little bit on our side? You let us run a few more episodes. You guys can sell some more ads. Maybe give us a little bit here and there just for the extra episodes we're providing. That's basically the play right now that they're trying to make. This means bringing somebody else in to put money into the company. Now, don't take this the wrong way. I say this and people think, oh, because Lucha Underground is broke. No, they're not broke. It has nothing to do with brokenness. This is how you finance television. It has nothing to do with Lucha Underground being broke or MGM being broke or El Rey being a shitty yeah, network being broke. There's it has nothing no, to do with that. The promotion can't be broke because it's not a wrestling promotion. It's a fucking TV show. Correct. Mm-hmm. MGM gets paid to make a product. They want to get more money to make a better product. So they just simply need more money. El Rey is not going to pay that money because they make plenty of money doing it the way that they're doing it right now. They have no reason to increase the budget. They're fine with it. 
El Rey is the only place that likes season four of Lucha Underground because they got it at the price they wanted and sold the ads for the amount that they wanted. They could give two fucks if it's good show or not. That's irrelevant when it comes down to the numbers and the people at Univision who pay the the El Rey guys money. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's guys up at the top that don't care. And I could tell you some stories about what the guys at Univision want to do for this show. And it's fucking horrifying. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's your real that's your real bad guy. For everyone who thinks it's Dorian Roldan or MGM or El Rey, you're wrong. It's Univision. They're the bad guys. Yeah, anyway. I, I think I I think I smell what you're cooking there, Justin. Yeah, Fuck. it's not even yeah. it's not even Tibbets or this. People are like, oh, maybe this new programming guy at El Rey can do. Fuck no, we can't. Skip Chasen has Robert Rodriguez's ear on everything. Believe you me, Skip has gone to Robert and said, hey, man, I like doing this show. And if we could have a little more money to do this and this, that'd be great. And Robert Rodriguez was most likely like, fuck, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Let's go ask those guys. And Univision was like, fuck, you no, go away. And Robert was like, OK, cool. Just let me keep my fucking vanity network. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not it's not rocket science here, guys. He's big and powerful, but it's still a vanity network for Robert Rodriguez. And he can only take it so far without their deep pockets. He doesn't he's not made out of money. Man, do you guys um, see that they got Barbara Strike? for the director's chair that's fucking crazy they they did legit i'm like whoa hey he's got friends i thought you meant yeah. for the next season of Lucha Underground, <laughs> yeah she's directing um anyway oh. so the, the the moral of the story is the only way it comes back the only way it comes back is you got to bring in a modello or a cricket or somebody else for a much bigger sum basically the way it works is and i don't know what their actual number is but let's say let's just throw out a random number let's say in season one they were getting i don't know four hundred thousand dollars an episode or five five hundred thousand dollars an episode doesn't matter what the number is clearly now in season four they're getting way less than that like three hundred thousand dollars an episode or or it's, it's probably hundreds of thousands of dollars less an episode so what you're asking is for some other company to come in for 20 to 30 episodes and bring probably at least another $100,000 per episode or more, which is probably going to amount to over a million dollars at least that somebody would have to invest in the TV show. What are they going to get out of that? And is it worth it? Is there any company out there that needs an advertisement for one hour a week on L Ray network to the tune of a million dollars? The MMM show. (laughs) <laughs> that is the question well, you have to say. ask yourself and if you can answer that question you can answer whether or not there will be a lucha underground season five i cannot for the life of me think of a company that it benefits enough that can do that and can supplement the show in that fashion so my answer has to be that no there will not be a season five of lucha underground and and your numbers are low because if it's 20 or 30 episodes that's like two to three million dollars I got to imagine the budget yeah. got cut at least $100,000 an episode. That's very typical in, in, in reality TV, especially. Right, right. Um, because, like, look, a lot, most of the shows I do typically get, I'd say, 250 to 350 per episode uh, budget. And typically, by the time you get to a third, fourth, or fifth season, they expect you to trim it down to about 200 maybe 225 
per episode. That's very standard. By then, your show should be up and running. Everything should be plugged in. You shouldn't need to build sets. You shouldn't need to do anything crazy. You should be able to yeah. smooth sailing, make a couple phone calls, get another couple of episodes done. So you mm -hmm. should be able to do them cheaper. People at this point should be actually lining their pockets and, and mm -hmm. making more money because the show is supposed to get easier to produce over time, not harder. So it is very well within El Rey's right and to ask for the show to be more streamlined at this point. And if it's a big hit, like The Walking Dead, for instance, the budget goes up and you say, let's make more episodes. Let's make them higher quality. Let's keep people interested because we're selling ads at a higher rate. El Rey Network is not selling ads at a higher rate all of a sudden for Lucha Underground. They're not making more money off of it. It's not something that they have to have to stabilize their programming blocks. It's not the NFL where you can afford for it to be a loss leader because it brings eyeballs to your overall network. It's not that. So there's just no reason for a budget increase other than the fact of pride and prestige to make a better show. And damn it, that's just not how TV works. You only get mm -hmm. to make a better show when you get much better numbers, typically when they double. <laughs> Well, yeah, wow. And uh, it's funny you mentioned Cricket, uh, since they basically abandoned Lucha Underground for a very expensive WWE uh, deal. Yeah. It's on quite a bit. So clearly someone very high up in that company is a wrestling fan, but they've jumped to WWE. Well, yeah, and, and the thing is, uh, look, I'm not saying, I said 95% sure. There's a 5% chance that's, out there that there's some company or some money mark yeah, you know, maybe Billy Corrigan wants to put in a million bucks. It, it could happen. It's not unfathomable that somebody and would want to come and bring money. Lucha Underground. But then what what's he going to want for it? Because Dorian's not going to give whoever this person is IP. He's not going to give up IP rights. He didn't even give MGM IP rights. He gave them usage rights. Right, right. Dorian's not selling any of the IP. He's already got investors. He's already paying his guys back. And now they're they're just to the point of getting in the green and they want to make more money. They don't want to give up a piece of that. So what is anybody going to buy? The only thing they can buy is mats and surfaces and buy what Modelo already bought this season. How much did that amount to? Maybe five grand an episode, 10 grand an episode? Wasn't a hundred grand an episode. I can tell you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's no way. Plus, they had to do an, a built-in ad buy with El Rey Network to even make that whole thing fly. So I'm sure Modelo spent a lot of money for that, and it was probably worth it for them. I think their positioning was helped by it, but there's no reason for them to spend any more. And can anybody think of a company bigger than a, a beer distributor that would put money into Lucha Underground that's more than what they put in? Who would yeah, do that? That's why, that's why uh, when they start making weed commercials legal, that's the way that's who's going to do it because they're going to be like you know what these roster are they're our guys so uh we're going to sponsor the shit out of this show and then they'll bring back jack evans yeah, yeah. No, they're gonna they're gonna go to impact they just the the, the rascals or whoever they're gonna oh, take that sponsorship oh, God. Jesus i have no idea why that's Christ. happening <laughs> It's I also, by the terrible. way, the I don't think MGM's that? out of the Lucha Libre business. Um, EV Dub teased it a little bit. I, I, I could see them maybe going in with the Harris brothers, maybe going in with somebody else and still doing another Lucha Libre style program. And maybe that maybe they, you know, cut bait from this one and, and try again. I think they've talked about our Lucha actually ended up on the same network as Impact. That was the last, literally last week. There was talk of them to actually replacing him. 
Oh, oh, replacing impact. Ugh. Well, because impact is looking to move up in the network. Impact should. I mean, impact needs to be the next WCW. Um, they've got their work cut out for them. And Ring of Honor poses a serious problem for them right now. Um, but they've got to figure that out. I mean, they can't. I don't think that impact can stay where it is right now and, and stay viable. It has to get bigger or wrestling fans are going to turn on it. I don't know though. That's one of the things that what like we keep we keep saying about Impact, and they've been around like twenty years now. Right, but they keep tapering off, and they keep losing their their top level investors and their and their money marks at the top because of the fact that it's only sustainable like this for any any investor. I don't care if it's Anthem or Billy Corrigan or Viacom or whoever. They're only viable to an investor for a year and a half at a time before they have to get out. If they keep yeah. staying at the level they're at now. Um, it's it's not going to work. Still, they have to get bigger. Just not just one step bigger, one little step bigger. They have to find a way to do that. And getting off a of pop is probably the first step. Yeah, the channel, channel that, yeah, yeah, that most people don't even know what it is. You know, like what the fuck? Well, on a channel that doesn't respect them either. What is the 10 p.m. time slot? I mean, come yeah. on, that's a slap in the face. That tells you right there yeah. where where they are in that food chain. They got to get out of there. Oh, guys, I mean, this is a station uh, that used to be the TV guide network for Christ's sake. They yeah. can do better than that. Speaking of having to get out of here, I need to get out of here. So you know. be cool. Stay in the mix. Penis. I'll talk to you guys <laughs> later. And later, I, will brother. Have, I will have to depart as well. Um, I know this is going to be our last show for a little while. It might be. It might be. It could um, be forever. Who knows? Who knows? I'm sure we have other bullshit we could talk about. Uh, but uh, yeah, well, I just, after Meef pulls his stunt, we're going to be banned from all internet. That's true. Um, so I may or may not see people if I actually end up attending bar wrestling this coming Wednesday. Uh, we'll see. Uh, oh. I'm I mean, gonna try to go if I can. Yeah, it's. I mean, shit. It's got Cross and friggin' D'Lo Brown. I gotta go. I gotta yeah. try to go anyway. It's a busy week though. Um, also, I guess uh, we should probably mention La Lucha Friday, December 14, uh, with your Master of Ceremonies, Famous B, and uh, such Lucha Underground uh, performers as Marty the Moth and Ray Horace. Um, I'm gonna try to go to that too. I got friends in town for the Eagles game that weekend, so. It's going to be a lot of juggling, so we'll see. But maybe if I'll if I'm there, I'll see you guys there. Hopefully, I'm I'm going to try to get to both of those as well. So hopefully, I will see you there because we haven't we haven't seen each other in person in for ages now. Uh, I think the last time was the contender taping. <laughs> yeah, that's probably it. That was probably it. That finale, by the way, was great. Yeah, um, I, I actually time. knew other people who went to that, and I, including, I, I had plans that night, and someone I knew. From, who met up with us that night was at the contender taping first before they met up with us. So yeah. It was it. actually a pretty early evening. Surprisingly, if I had yeah. known that it was going to be that early, uh, I would have planned differently, but <laughs> yeah, same here. But uh, it's been a pleasure guys. Uh, everyone buy new, uh, buy some Johnny Gargano merchandise. I'm going to shill for him. <laughs> since he did so much for me. Also, like I mentioned in previous episodes, go out and buy the uh, comic books, comic book history of professional wrestling by Aubrey citizen and Chris Marino. Because uh, it's a great book, and also donate to the uh, Kickstarter for uh, Headlocked the comic book series, uh, written by Michael Kingston. It's really good. He's been doing the comic books uh, convention circuit. Uh, yeah, so that's all I got, and uh, yeah, I will see you guys later. Thanks, Jim. 
Later, we Jim. Had, we had Jim even longer than I thought, but thank you for <laughs> swinging through. Appreciate it, brother. Um, last thing I want to talk about real quick is I got to talk about that Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz <laughs> thing. Just because it was it it was a good Golden Boy actually put on a good show though. Like I watched the whole card. Uh, I know J Man was watching some of. I think J Man said he ended up watching most of it. Um, it was really good. They had some good fights on the undercard. Uh, Tom Lawler fought this mini Daniel Cormier dude that beat the shit out of him. That was a good fight. Lawler um, uh, broke his hand in that fight. Yeah, and I think he said something right after the match too. But it was still a good fight. And then. Um, Gleason Tebow versus Efrain Escadero was also a good fight. Um, and then the headliner was not a good fight at all, but was certainly something to see of uh, these guys just square dancing for 10, 15 minutes, uh, not really knowing what to make of each other. Chuck Liddell looked very out of place, like almost not on his feet and almost looked lightheaded when he got in the ring. Um, I don't know if the weight cut was an issue for him getting to 205 or... Um, which I thought was funny. I didn't even think they were going to actually try to do this at weight. I thought they were going to do just an open weight. Um, but they both cut down. They both made weight, uh, easily made weight. And Do you think Chuck was, it was appropriate for him to be fighting? Um, I'm watching it right now. Yeah. He looked. He already looked punch drunk before. He the did. Fight. He did. And and maybe there was something going on and, and nothing has come out yet. Um, they're still talking status quo at this point in time. Um, maybe he just didn't fully take it seriously, but he says he trained hard and I, I believe him. But I also, you know, John Hackleman wasn't there, who was his longtime trainer when he was in the UFC and didn't particularly think that he should fight. Um, a lot of the people that know Chuck didn't really think that he should fight. And maybe they know something that we don't know. Um, but I thought that that there was a fair chance. And Tito in the ring in those first few seconds, if there is something up with Chuck, Tito clearly did not know it. Tito was acting the same way he acted in the fights that he lost to Chuck. He was being very tentative, very tepid. He was trying to move forward, but he was really afraid of Chuck counterpunching him. He was clearly um, afraid that Chuck did have something. And man... The first time you saw Chuck actually connect with Tito's face and there was just nothing on it. I mean, I think Tito even said something about it in the, the post fight press conference. Like he just knew. And that was the time that was, he just went in and started blowing him up. And then that was it. I mean, a couple of pats on Chuck's chin and his glass jaw. Um, and Chuck was on the canvas, which is pretty much what I was expecting. I mean, I think I even said it in that other DM of like, yeah, I really would love to see Chuck win, but I'm pretty sure Tito's going to break his glass jaw. And that's pretty much exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, but then afterward, well, the, the, the reason why I even make note of any of it is afterward, they both get on the mic. They do some mic time. They talk about their little thing. But then Tito, after they interviewed Chuck second, Tito got the mic back and asked Chuck to stick around for more fights and to be involved still. And even in the post-fight press conference a little bit later, I don't Tito wasn't really saying that anymore, but it was like, are you fucking high? Are you kidding me? Like, yes, Tito, you did fine. Maybe you got a couple more left in the tank, even though I think Tito should probably, you know, definitely not fight anybody younger than Chuck anytime soon. But at a certain point, man, like, do you see what you just did to that man? Let the man walk away with some dignity. Like, he gave you hugs, and you guys are friendly now. You guys can, you know, talk about the rivalry forever. He got two. You got the last one. Whatever. You put your stamp on it. And 
he's talking about all this, you know, let's make Golden Boy the place where people can make money. They it was an awesome production. They even had like the holograph things off the uh, wire cam, just like WWE does. Like the production mm-hmm. was great. The fights were good. The like the the matchmaking was good. The the coachman on the stick wasn't that bad at all. And he had Frank Mir there, and and like um the it wasn't bad. It was not bad. It was very watchable. Um, if they do pay per views where they can get some good names at a thirty dollar price point, I could see them doing something. The problem is. Dude, with one FC, Bellator, UFC, a couple of the Russian promotions, all these, there's so many people, all, all this talent is locked up. For Golden Boy to have a decent promotion where they could do more than one or two events a year, it would take them probably five years, or they got to start figuring out how to get guys out of contracts or something. Um, but I'm just very curious because they could legit be a, a new, fresh player in the MMA world. And guys who do come up for free agency between going to another solid promotion and staying somewhere could take a fight or two at Golden Boy, rebuild their their name if they had fallen off, you know, coming out of UFC or Bellator or something, you know, and pick up some paydays. It could be a thing. I mean, you that's my whole comment. CM Punk's got a chance. I'm saying that CM Punk still has a chance. There's someone out there. Does no. CM Punk? <laughs> I'll put him in a car park. I, I mean, you, you'd probably win, Mif. You'd probably win. CM Punk doesn't face. know how to. Like, could he win? Could he win a fight? Yes. And we saw absolutely, fight. absolutely. And CM Punk, honestly, to take the question seriously, CM Punk should absolutely be at a place like Golden Boy if he wants to do MMA. The UFC has too much riding on the fact that they couldn't put him in there with a complete tomato can. You know. And they had to put him in there with some half half credible people. Uh, Golden Boy absolutely does not need to do that. Yeah, I mean they put him in there with somebody that they that they know is coming off an injury that is fifteen pounds too light and stupid, um, and is the worst MMA fighter out there. And people will still watch CM Punk. Um, you know, Michael Jackson was the closest that CM Punk was going to get to somebody on his level, and and people will say that oh he had the same zero and one. MMA record that CM Punk did. Yeah, but Michael Jackson also had 30 professional kickboxing fights. He's a real pro fighter. You know, he, you know, maybe MMA wasn't his thing, and he is still a little bit of a bitch, but at the same time, mm-hmm. he was less of a bitch than CM Punk. I mean, he didn't, he couldn't wrestle, but his striking was um, way better than Punk's. Yeah, I mean, dude, I was seeing Michael Jackson at kickboxing fights in Texas. Uh, seven, eight years ago when I was doing Police Women in Dallas. I, I saw him fight twice. He was good. He was really entertaining. <laughs> you in, know? In, con- con- in context, Alistair Black. Alistair Black could kill CM Punk. Oh, He's for sure. Legit- kickboxer. Yeah, yeah Kevin Cross. Boxer. Kevin Cross could destroy him. I mean, you know, these are, these are guys with legit <laughs> MMA and, and kickboxing and fighting skills. And CM Punk is a fighter in his heart and in his soul. And I believe the guy's a quality individual in a lot of ways, but uh, you know, you got to put him I in the right know, spot. Isn't he a piece of shit? Isn't he a piece of shit human being? I don't know. I mean, yeah. anybody who gets a Pepsi tat is probably a little bit of a piece of shit. I mean, Colt Cabana's not exactly not the you know, not a piece of shit. So. <laughs> Truth. Um, anyway, that's all I got. That was the last thing I wanted to talk about briefly. There's some other uh, UFC stuff going on, but we talked about a lot of it anyway. Um, and Impact. Oh, the one thing. <laughs> Holy shit. 
the one thing I want to say about the cross and Scarlet Bardot thing from mm -hmm. down in Mexico, where you see Conan walking through the background, looking up at him like, whoa, what just happened there? Like, I didn't write that. The look that Scarlet gives Kevin at the end of their little segment. Wow. Wow. What was up with that? That was like a real thing. That was a look. Of course. Why wouldn't she look at Kevin like that? I mean, he does look like a really, really fit, muscular assassin version of Justin Timberlake. Like he's he in, could kill you, but he's still a handsome fella. Yeah, he's handsome. He's in the best shape of his life. He's well spoken. Um, they did the dirty dancing lift, so you know. Her yeah, they did that. I just for for the life of me, like I think over. I think it's. Okay, for maybe for Scarlet, maybe it's a good move, but for Kevin, I don't understand the life of me of why they would do that to him. He doesn't need. I don't understand why like, that doesn't. Him. What does that do for? Well, him? for down in Mexico, it, it, it. I mean, that's just to get her over and introduce her somehow and have yeah her stand with somebody who's been there. Uh, like I said, like, she's got she's got the number one YouTube uh, mm. video from AAA of all time. Yeah, but that's, that's because that's, that's like the Mexican, the Mexican dudes love her. You know, everybody loves. No, her but it doesn't have to do with that. It doesn't have yeah. to do with that. If you look at all the wrestling videos on YouTube that the different promotions put up, the ones that have the most, by far, views are the ones where their screen grab that they use um, for the preview is some sort of sexually provocative. Still, that's is that what we're doing wrong yeah. on this show? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Actually, you know what? I'll tell you what. That is, there's some truth to that too, because we have one that's that picture of Cobra Moon uh, crawling across the ring. She's not even on that episode. Oh, yeah. And that one did bang up numbers for us. <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe we've been missing the boat here, guys. And watch what happens. Make Mifloaf's face the the icon for this one and see what. See so what basically, what you're saying call. is we should, we should call up Killer and see if he can get Scarlett Bordeaux to come on this show. That's a good idea. She's a great talent. She's an up and comer, <laughs> and I, I do, I do think though, uh, I do think on Impact um, that her gimmick is good on that show because everything's trending towards uh, different personalities and workers. Kind of how Impact was when Gail Kim and Awesome is it Awesome Kong? Yeah, American Awesome Kong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They were put on great matches, but their women division was so deep that they could have the work rate and they could have the entertainment, and they had like the beautiful people doing their thing. Um, and I thought that was great. You didn't have, you just, you had a more well-rounded show with different types of acts. And I think Let now is the time. For, huh? Let the pigeons fly. Sure. I mean, yeah. Do you, I, so remember, I, do you remember that bit? Yeah. Justin yeah, remembers no, that bit. He's got the Mike Tyson bit. has the pigeons. I know. Anyways. You were going somewhere with this, Byron. Where are you going? Did you ever watch I'm it? Really um, the early episodes of Impact, of TNA, where the beautiful people would walk into the ring and and straddle the rope and and rub the things on on the on the ropes, and the cameraman would. It seems it seems to have struck a chord with you, Byron. I recent. I just I heard someone. One of the beautiful. One of one of the beautiful people was like Twitter feuding with someone and got called out for doing that, and I thought that was hilarious because 
I like I do think for the points that I raised, there is a validity to the type of entertainment they were doing. But when someone says, Yeah, you did that in TNA for like eight years, it's kind of like, Well, you got you're done. Yeah. <laughs> Who's her partner? Who's um Velvet Sky's partner? Is it Billy Bubba? Is it, it, yeah. Bull, bully bully bubba? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever he goes by these days. Yeah. I do have that Velvet Sky action figure around here somewhere. Mm. <laughs> might be on the nightstand i'm just saying it might be on the nightstand <laughs> bully ray get the tables oh you're standing yeah. so it'd be Are great we still on the air what happened it, whoa it'd be great <laughs> if we got a scarlet um something would be a great guest to have on the show there are there are a few people that uh i have potentially moves. lined up for guests this may or may not be the the end forever of the mmm show um, I don't know that we'll any longer continue to be the premier podcast about Lucha Underground. I think uh, if and when the show continues, I think we're going to do a little reformatting. I'd love all the guys mm -hmm. to uh, kind of come up with a segment that they want to do, similar to Jim's segment this evening, where everybody has something that they can uh, contribute. And we're not just counting on uh, Lucha Underground for our source material anymore. So you guys out there, let us know what you think we should do with MMM show. If in fact, this is the complete demise of Lucha Underground, since that has been at least 85% of what this show has been about in the past. Um, and we'll figure out what we're going to do from there. Um, we got Byron left. We got me yeah. left. Look at that. Look at that little thing. We got Billy fever left. Is that oh, Billy? Oh, 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 oh. Billy fever. Ratings are going see. through the roof. Always. That's how you pop a number. We'll just use that for uh, use that for our screen grab. Little pussy on the show. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. So cut videos on YouTube. You you guys have heard what I have maybe to say. Chat room. Cats. Yeah, maybe. Let's review cats. Everybody yeah. knows I think it's cat going away. Room. I'm the naysayer this time, so we'll see if I'm proven wrong. But that's it. That's all I got. You guys got anything else? I just think when you add the numbers up per episode, the thousands of dollars, you know, it doesn't seem likely. I know. I hate to break. I hate to be the one to bring the real math and like hurt people's feelings because it's not just about the heart. I think all the people involved really want to do it and they want it to be good. But to yeah. do it good, it takes money. And the, you got to follow the money at the end of the day, man. You got to follow the money. And I'm the following it. What's that? No, the only the only, the only uh, solution, the only person uh, I could think of would put money in, was was Dorian, and he's got there's no reason for him to do it because it's not promoting his guys anymore. If you know what I mean, it's not it's not a, right. I mean, everything that he thought it was kind of a, everything that he thought to get out of it, he hasn't gotten. But he's made he he saved face. He made his investors back their money, so he still looks like a big man on campus. Yeah he doesn't really have a reason to do much more, you know? And I, I just hate to say it, but when I follow the money, I'm just following it right off a cliff. You know, at this point it's, it's lemmings. You, there's Meef nothing looks to like, it. Meef looks like one of the lepers out of Ben-Hur. That's amazing. Look at his face. That's amazing. All right. That's all I got. So if this is the very last time I ever say it, I hope it's not, but Thank you, everyone who has stuck with us in all of these Lucha Underground reviews, all of the great guests we've had, all of the fun times that we've had, all of Casey's ridiculousness, all of Jim's penis, Meatloaf in his chocolate man slave in his fuck dungeon, J-Man and Urban for all the times they've come by, and Vinny Massaro and Kevin Cross, especially those guys who have always been here, Eric Van Wagnon, who has always been more than generous oh, we to got us. A question. 
We got a great question. What's the great question? Uh, the Cubs fan wants, he raises a question. So if it's done, when is everyone released to move on? Um, that is a good question, but this is one of those things where I have full faith in, in EVW. If he sees the writing on the wall that it's really done after he's done, don't get me wrong. I think he's going to go out there and do his due diligence. I think there's going to be some people really trying to make it come back at some point in time. I don't think that big push has happened yet. I expect it to come in February where they're really going to sit down and really see if there's something that makes sense to make this show keep going. Um, it hasn't happened yet, but I believe that after he does that for uh, a considerable amount of time, um, he's going to start letting people go. And I, and I think that if uh, those guys find other opportunities out there that, that aren't WWE, um, I don't think that they're going to have any issues pursuing those opportunities. And uh, after they make this final, final decision um, sometime in spring, I think that the, the releases, the official releases will be coming. It, it may not be up to him, though. El Rey may want them to hold on to those contracts and may want to be dicks about it. I mean, from what I understand, the mm -hmm. Dust Till Dawn cast was left in limbo for a long, long time. They weren't held back from doing uh, many other things because the way that those TV contracts are written is is it's written by taping conflicts. So if all of a sudden the show had been back up and running and they had taken other work, they would have just had to drop that work um, and prioritize the, the shooting of that show. Um, these contracts don't really work that way because for some dumb reason, they're half TV contracts, half wrestling contracts. It's one of the things, one of the few things they actually did kind of like a wrestling promotion. <laughs> Who knew? Um, but I think that had a lot to do with Dorian's influence as well. So um, I think, uh, uh, you know, I would say that by April, you'll probably officially know if all those talents are free and clear to go anywhere, including WWE. And I think that any of them trying to go anywhere other than WWE will not see any pushback from it at this point. So, you know, I can't, I can't. Yeah. I, I don't see it worth it. They have to retool the show so much at this point anyway. There's not a person left on the roster that they couldn't do the show without, including Pentagon. They could easily do the show without anybody at this point. So it's this sad reality, but that's it. Anyway, thank you guys so much. Thank you to everybody in the uh, chat room. I hope this clears up some of the, the reasons of why I am pessimistic at this point. I mean, those of you who are out there, Cubs fan knows I have been a huge proponent of this show continuing to go on and on for a long, long time. And this is probably the first time people have heard me uh, be any type of naysayer. But uh, I think this might be the end of the line for, for Lucha Underground, guys. And uh, hopefully we'll find something else to do with ourselves and keep entertaining you guys as well if people are interested in seeing it. So let us know um, what you guys think on our social media, MMM Show 75 And uh, until next time. Stay calm and stay in the mix. Yeah.